Welcome to the Retro Rejects Podcast with your hosts, NES Complex and Vintage Video Game Geek. Hello everyone, today is March 17th, 2014. This is episode 12 of the Retro Rejects Podcast. My name is Vintage Video Game Geek. I am one half of your co-hosting team. My better half is a gentleman by the name of Chris, NES Complex. How are you, sir? I am doing well, and it's good to be back recording another episode. It seems like it's been a long time, but I think it's actually still been exactly one month. I think we recorded on the 17th of last month, too. Well, we have a special guest with us for this episode. He is a man who needs no introduction. <laughs> so, Chris, what? I saw Sherlock. What the heck? Why are you talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> he needs no introduction. I don't need sure. introduction. It's Gamester81, everybody. Thank you for having me. It's good to be on the show. I appreciate it. No, thank you. You are a very uh, busy man. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you guys. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Are you, are you guys wearing green? Why? You want to pinch us? I was hoping to. I'm actually wearing a, a Metroid shirt I made. It's got Samus on it, and she does have that little bit of green. So There's green on there. Yeah, nice. But you can't pinch me, John. Shoot. <laughs> I'm wearing a Hurley shirt. Oh, no. Yeah. Aren't I cool? You are. Aren't I hip? You're hipster. No, that's gamester. I'm hipster. I'm hipster 81. Hipster 81. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and, and so I'm also drinking hot tea. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for waiting for me while I went and made that. <clears throat> Did you actually, like, chop down the leaves and, and grind them and all that and dry them? Because you were gone a long time. No, but I, I what happened is I had to refill the sugar dish because mm. Mrs. Geek, like, used it all and she didn't refill it. So that, that's what took me no. the extra time. My mm. wife has a weird device that you actually microwave the tea. Do you have one of those? It's like it's plastic, and you put the tea in the bag, tea bag in the water, and you microwave it. Have you seen these before? No. Yeah, I, they're kind of weird, but I guess I, it works pretty well. Okay, yeah, I just use the Keurig. Right. Oh, I do that too. Yeah. You know, I've often just you're, put a tea bag. You're high in class. You're high class. <laughs> right. You see, my wife is ghetto. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the plastic Dixie brand. The Dixie brand. It's the it's Uh-oh. the white trash. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, so let's let's actually. You, you mentioned Mrs. Eighty One. So, so sure. let's actually get started with the epic interview. Epic interview. So, how how is your wife? How is your family? Um, we know that you had you know a big event, and so yeah. how is how is everybody doing? Good. They're, they're doing well. I've got, you know, wife is doing well. We just had, uh, for those who don't know, we had twin boys on October 8th, Mark and Luke. Wow. Uh, they're turning. Love that. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, let's see on, on what it would be next month would be April 8th. they will be six months. Wow. So, um, yeah, they're sleeping through the night. Thank God. Uh, last <laughs> three weeks they've been sleeping through the night pretty well and they're totally different. Their personalities, even at this age, you can totally see the difference in their personalities. They're, they're fraternal twins, so they're not identical. But even, right. even so, I've heard identical twins are completely different as well. But um, no, it's just it's a lot of fun. Every time we take them out to dinner, we always get the second looks like, uh-huh. man, twins, you know. And it's funny because people come up to us and they're like, either 
I'm a twin. Those those are like I'm a twin, or my brother's twin, or I have a twin, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. son or daughter or whatever. Like I didn't realize how many twins are out there, but they're out there. Yeah, like, you don't realize how many twins are floating around. But it's kind of like I guess for the sacred brotherhood, as far as you know, having a twin. You know, people are like, ah, oh, twins, cool. So yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been obviously uh, a lot of work, as you guys can imagine. But <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, as far as like sleep goes, you know, I thought before when like, oh man, I'm not getting any sleep at all. But even when they weren't sleeping through the night, we were only doing like one feeding a night. So wow, not, hasn't been too bad. Yeah, it's been yeah, and they've lucky. been breastfeeding, which is you know even more incredible because usually breast milk doesn't stay in the stomach as long as formula. For right, those right. Who don't know, but you know, so I guess my breast milk has been helping. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're going to oh, market the, that? The things we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but right now I have my mother-in-law for three weeks, you know, staying with my wife while I'm away, which which is nice. So yeah. I, I saw the a picture that you posted on Twitter, the boys, and, and I was like, those look like a couple of bruisers. They're I can't like, believe how big they're getting. They're over the 15 pounds. Like when, when we weighed them last, like about a month ago, they were 15 pounds. And that was at four months. So yeah, yeah they're. They're healthy. I mean, they, when they were born, they were six pounds each, roughly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're no, no, no Nikki or anything like that, which is great, which you ask for, right, when you have kids, no, healthy babies. And, yep. Yeah. But they're definitely, I mean, they're they're chunky. They got the baby fat. And, you know, <laughs> what kind of stuff are they doing now? Like rolling over? Or, I, I forget. I, I don't yeah, remember. They start, start rolling over. Um, you know, their, their necks are getting stronger. Yeah. Where they can hold their head up. They can pretty much, you don't need to support the neck when you pick them up anymore. Um, they're starting to, you know, laugh. Which is cool. Giggle. That's great. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. uh, ticklish. You can kind of tickle them a little bit, and they start giggling a little bit. And Luke's funny because like you'll stare at him and he'll smile. He'll, he'll smile at anyone. Like he'll smile at anyone. He loves being held. Uh-huh. Even when he's crying, if you pick him up, like he'll smile. Like he's yeah. just mm-hmm. random. Like, are you mad or are you happy? I don't understand. Mark is a more serious one. He'll look at you, kind of like you know, a little bit more. Uh, he'll still smile, but he'll have to like he knows strangers now at this point, and they're starting to sense you know. Like they can recognize people, and they, they, this right. one where we have comes over, and he cries every time she comes over. It's just, <laughs> nice. we, don't, we don't tell her, you know, hey, you know, Mark's right. trying to get her over. We just come up with some story. Oh, he's hungry or tired, or whatever. But it's yeah. always if she's over, he'll start bawling. It's the funniest thing. That is great. So, Do you have any cool um, diaper or vomit stories yet? I've gotten you know pooped on before. It's never yeah. fun. You know? We all. No, it's not the peeing and the, yeah. You know, it's, it just happens. It doesn't happen very often, uh, fortunately. I think I only got pooed on once or twice, maybe. Those, those two-person diaper situations where it's like it goes all the way up their back and it's up in their <laughs> shirt. Yeah. Like, uh, how did it get there? Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not fun to deal with. But, you know, fortunately, because they're breastfeeding, the, the poop doesn't smell. <laughs> oh, right. No, I know. It, it's like yeah. magic. I mean, that, that poop smells good. <laughs> it's like raspberries. No, I'm just joking. Oh. But we know we're starting to feed them rice cereal, so we're starting to move on to like oh, salt. Yeah. So, a little uh, heavier, a little heavier. So now their their poops changing, which you know starting to yep. smell a little. Bit, so. <laughs> well, congratulations, man! And uh, I mean, you know, Chris and I, I think we we both agree that like being a dad is one of the most incredible things in the universe and so yeah, it's super cool it's, it's yeah i mean we're excited for you i mean you're just starting out and and i'll just say that it just gets better and better like every day thank you thank yeah. you wait uh, till they're teenagers before you <laughs> say that. Well, yeah mine are three and six so it's like they still like like me they they, they want to hang out with me and yeah. you know, play with me all the time and it's just great no, it is. It's absolutely great. Yeah. And yeah, even in those crazy teenage times when they're starting to uh, uh, push away, 
it's still there. They just, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. trying to have their own um, identity and individuality. And so they just kind of have to separate a little bit, but it's still fun. Yeah. Testing their boundaries a little bit, you know? Like, you know yep. Sure. Yeah, my daughter's 11. Okay. She's, she's doing that. She doesn't want me to hug on her and kiss her in public and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Dad, eat gross. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's awesome that your family's doing well. I'm glad to hear it. I think everyone kind of wonders about that, you know, because everyone yeah. knows you had the twin explosion. <laughs> <laughs> we had two for the price of one. But yeah. <laughs> I just found out my good friend, actually, a childhood friend I grew up in high school with, he's having twins. Oh, uh, boy. And he's expecting twins. And another good friend of mine is they're due with triplets, which is crazy. Oh, like my goodness. Two, two boys and a girl. And she's <laughs> his wife's 32 weeks. So she's like, I just saw a picture of her on Facebook, but she's like, ginormous you can imagine three babies in there yeah it's interesting multiples are interesting but thank god it's my first set because i wouldn't know any different yeah just raising kids so when we if we have another one then it'll be not necessarily easier but (laughs) not not as hard or difficult you know with there is definitely something about a third kid and i've always put it this way once you have the third one you're outnumbered yeah Uh, that's true when you have just two you can each take one when you need to, but when the third one comes, one of those kids gets to do what they want while the other two are getting dealt with. So it, I have a question for you. Yes, I'm and this totally changes gears, but you're um one of the. I mean, you're not like the earliest people on one of the earliest people on YouTube, but you're from a, a different time, and some of us newer people don't even understand what that time is like. I'm kind of curious. You know, I always ask this question to people on the show, but if you would tell us about when you started the channel and kind of describe the the youtube mood then as compared to now back in the day i had to walk uphill both ways to go to youtube (laughs) in the snow snow. (laughs) youtube videos on the back of a shovel yeah i had to do the dial up (laughs) you know (laughs) no i think vintage and i started around the same time didn't we not yeah we did yeah, I, I think it was like February of oh oh eight or oh nine oh nine. I think yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, definitely was a time when there was a lot less trolls, a lot less drama in the community. Not to say that you know the community is worse now than it was back then. I'm not saying that, uh, but obviously there's a lot more people. When you get a lot more people, you get just different personalities, right? You know, I think the only really the person I watched, you know, a lot was uh, you know Angry Video Game Nerd. You know, there's only a handful of game reviewers at the time it was pretty limited wow. now now everyone is you know posting reviews which which is cool you know i know when i started and i know when bitches started i, I never imagined that i'd have seventy five thousand subscribers at this point you know we just kind of just did videos for the sake of it and the reason i started posting videos is because i got a when i got married i got a camera for my parents really not a very good quality camera but it was a camera nonetheless and uh, i'm like ah, you know i'm gonna start doing some videos so if you watch my very early stuff it's like unedited and every other word is like uh Mm, you know, like <laughs> just tripping over my words, and I, I still have them up there just for the sake of it. But yeah, I can't nice. stand watching my old stuff. You know, I'm like ah, <laughs> I'm even tempted to do some reviews like over again, just to you know redo this review again. Yeah, but, I, I remember your like first video, and I think you were in like your old apartment, and you were just surrounded by like a whole bunch of crap. Like yeah. all your consoles were like all over the floor. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I wasn't at the time. I was staying in my old my old house, which is now a rental, and it's very small. I only have time to really record my wife to sleep, so I'll be super quiet in the reviews. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, guys, this is the review over the Nintendo, you know, sixty four TT, and I was like, right, right. I had a couple videos like that where, like, when my daughter was first born, 
and you know she'd be sleeping and her room was adjacent to my office so i would i would be recording my voiceovers for the review and i'd be like talking like this you know like and people would be like why are you talking like that you know speak louder (laughs) and i would comment back and be like my baby was sleeping (laughs) yeah And you know, here another funny story is uh, the camera at the time, my, my camera I was using didn't really pick up light very well. So all my videos are dark. You'll notice that. Mm-hmm. But so I got, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get some flights. So I went to Home Depot and got like some floodlights. They're really hot, like those really hot yeah. ones, you know. And so I got like four or five of those and I plugged them in and a freaking shot my, bro- I broke my breaker or whatever in my house and <laughs> powered out. But it was so freaking hot in that room, and I'm sweating balls. You know, I remember that. The su- that was a sweaty period. It was a sweaty, and the lighting was terrible. And you know, I mean, we've all gone through that phase, you know. But I think people now have probably watched enough videos. If they want to start their own channel, they probably know what to do and not to do. You know. Yeah, I wanted to say to you that you know, seventy-five thousand subs, uh, everyone is deserved. I- I've said before, you're like the hardest working man on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> with your Thank five you. channels. You know, oh, consistently yeah. putting out content, you, you know, your involvement in the All Gen Gamers podcast, you know, and having a family. And, uh, you know, I've always kind of said, you know, be careful and yeah. you know, make sure that you put your family first. And I think that you've done that. And I think you're very successful at juggling, you know, Thank all you. of this stuff. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the advice. And you're absolutely right. Family does come first. And I've always put family first. And I usually, when I do record, I always still record when I my wife's asleep and stuff so you know but uh, absolutely i appreciate that thank you so let's fast forward a little bit and uh you know into some current kind of news with you and uh you recently published your first ever video game uh for the ColecoVision called game straight 81 the game yeah the video game yeah and you got Uh, one I, appreciate I did. I did. I got. I got the red label, and uh, I love it. It's fantastic. Why, why don't you kind of talk a little bit about that, like how you got the idea, and and how the whole like development of that got started? Yeah. So, uh, good friend of mine, Joe Cody, he, he owns Atari2600.com. Great website, by the way. Just a lot of great retro games for sale. But um, he lives right down the street from me, and I've known him for years. And I've got an ongoing kind of segment show called Retro with Joe with him. And where we just talk about random stuff, you know, but one particular episode we were talking about homebrews because I know he he had published some homebrews before in the past. And I was talking to him like, would you ever be interested in doing another game, Joe? Right. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I would absolutely love to do another game. But he's like, I don't know what to call it. And I was just kind of joking around. I'm like, why don't we just call it like Game Trading with the video game? He just right. kind of, he's like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm like, really? Like, you think awesome. people would buy it? You know? So we just kind of started brainstorming. And I know he went on to AtariAge, which, uh, .com, and there's a really strong community on there in the forums. And he started looking for um, publisher developers who can develop a game for ColecoVision. And the reason we did ColecoVision is because, A, it's very sentimental to me. It's my very first system I ever played. And and it's a really underrated system. I think there's a lot of great games for it. Yep. Um, you know, and it's just kind of – and there's actually a really strong homebrew community on there as well. Mm. Uh, interesting enough. But – so we uh, we found um, uh, Jean Philippe, who is he's French. He's he's worked on some other games, and uh, he I'm really like got lucky with him. And we talked back and forth and kind of showed him ide- our ideas. And and he had created a game uh, several years back called Smurfs Challenge, 
which is a sequel to Smurf Rescue, which is the game that came out for the ColecoVision. I don't know if you guys have heard of Smurf Challenge, but it's a really fun game. And, and I played it, and I really liked the way he had kind of designed the game. So my game, more or less, is kind of built on that engine of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how the, the gameplay came about. But through the process of it all, and I have like you know 20 different ROMs of the game, and he was great with communication. Every week he'd send me a different version of the game, and he'd be like, do you like this? What do you need to change? And by the end of it, the game had turned a lot different than Smurf's Challenge, which was cool. But he was great to work with, and we wanted a kind of an idea. I'm a huge arcade guy, so I wanted to like something like based on arcades. Um, so he's like, pick some some arcades that you really like. And initially, I had picked uh, Donkey Kong because it's like one of my favorite arcades. I picked uh, Pac-Man. And I picked Berserk, which is a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he had designed a stage on Berserk, and that ended up getting dropped, and we ended up replacing that with the Space Invaders because I like that game too, and it's a lot more recognizable to people. So that's kind of how the game came about. And we did a big Indiegogo campaign and uh, worked with a company called Coleco Master, which is Toby, and he's works for uh, Collector Vision, and he helped me with the uh, production of the game. And I was really pleased on how that ended up uh, turning out, which I think it turned out great. It's funny because the guy's trying to sell the game on eBay for like ridiculous amount of money. Right? You guys see that? <laughs> yeah, no? yeah, I saw your tweet about that. Jeez. Like he's asking like over eight hundred dollars for it right now, and it's on sale. It's like forty percent off for eight hundred dollars. I'm like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, geez. I mean, I'm kind of flattered, but on the same note, like. Really? Is anyone going to buy it for that much? I don't think so. You know. Have you but, seen any like sold on eBay though? No, it's only one that's been popped up. Oh, okay. Either people really want it and want to hold on to it, or uh, but yeah, we sold out. Uh, we produced about 150 or so cards, and as Vintage mentioned, we did uh, Red Label, and then we we produced some limited runs too. Like we did uh, a gold cart, which is only limited to three, and it was like personalized. So you know, Chris, for example, if if you were to get the gold cart, it would say like when when you boot up the game, I, it's my voice. So I say, hey, it's Game Trade One. Yeah, it, I remember you play. You're like, yeah. Game Street 81? <laughs> when you came out to, to Aaron's yeah. house and we played yeah, that's the right, prototype. That's right. um, but if you were to get the gold card, it would say, hey, Chris, you know, good luck. You know, wow. like, customized to you, and there's, like, a, a message to you in the game. So we sold three of those, and uh, those those did pretty well. Uh, we asked $500 for them, and they sold within a couple of weeks. I was really wow. It's crazy the collectors out there. But, you know, I'm really flattered how it turned out. I'm really pleased overall. I, I wanted a game that was fun to play. You know, that people can still, you know, look back on and something I'd be proud of. And I'm certainly proud of the project for sure. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, I've played it and it really does control great. I mean, it looks fantastic, but it is very easy to play. It's very responsive controls. And, and, and you can really tell that they put a lot of effort and, you know, there's a lot of quality there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think I think I paid like 30 bucks for the. Yeah, the red label, right. and yeah. you know, we're, it was worth every penny, and Thank so you. I'm Thank very you. glad to have it. It's kind of like a piece of history, you know, <laughs> piece you of know, YouTube history. Like I said before, I never would imagine back in '09 I would have my own game. You know, there's actually Easter eggs in the game. I don't know if you noticed that vintage when you were playing it, but uh, like there's Star Wars references in the game. I don't know if right. you thought of that. You 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 mentioned that to me, and I have to go back through it again and look yeah. for those because how, how many are there? There's about six references. Okay. Um, one of them, one of the Easter eggs, I'll just spoil it for you real quick, but you have to play on the harder difficulties, level three or four. Okay, okay. Level four is Jedi mode, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it, the game is super hard. And I wanted a game that was challenging because I didn't want a game that you just goes breeze right through. And, you know, it, it can be easy on the easier settings, but on the more difficult settings, it can be challenging. Uh-huh. I, I wanted a game that's challenging. And it, but it's not like challenging to the point where it's like throw your controller and get pissed kind of challenging. <laughs> right. It's like it's still doable. Yeah. Uh, but... Once on the second stage, Space Invader stage, if you're playing level three or four, TIE Fighters show up. 
Oh, cool. Oh, rat. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. Are they yeah. vector? <laughs> no, they're just. That would no, be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So that, that's one. That's one Easter egg that uh, we threw in there, and um, yeah, it was kind of fun. The one thing that I always love about the ColecoVision controller is if you do get angry and you throw it, it it comes back to you because it has that kind <laughs> yeah, of... Yeah, like, that's right. That, it's got cord. Yeah, yeah that cord is kind of like a springy cord. Yeah. You just yeah. have to be careful that when it comes back, it doesn't hit you in the face. No, that's what you get. <laughs> I have to apologize because like when that came out, I was kind of shutting out the whole world and I completely missed the whole thing. Well, you don't oh, have a Coleco. You don't even. Yeah. Well, I don't have a ColecoVision, but I wanted to get it. You know, obviously, but but like I missed everything. And when I finally came back to reality, it was gone. It was sold out. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll sell it to you for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good, Chris. I, I, I totally understand. You know, no worries. You know, I love uh, you, right? No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I have a, a not really a question. It's just a statement that I think will elicit a response. Sure. So, so you're kind of unhappy with Nintendo. Oh yes. <laughs> you're gonna open that can of worms, are you? Huh? Well, you know, I've noticed you've uh, you've had a couple of rants and you know a lot of good discussion in yeah. comments yeah. uh, from your rants, and I think it's something I'm kind of want to hear you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, first off, I love Nintendo. It's not like I hate. I'm bashing Nintendo by all means, and I think the reason, um, I'm like you said, I think you put it really good is you know I'm trying to open discussion for it because um, I know I'm not certainly the only only one that you know feels this way about Nintendo, right? I bought every Nintendo system day one outside the NES, you know, because I was like four when I came out. But I even bought the Virtual Boy. I've been, I've been a supporter day one Nintendo. I bought the Wii U, even the Wii, whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> and there, there's there's great games on the Wii. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of shovelware. I think we'd all agree. There's a lot oh, yeah. of you know, shovelware for that system. But I'm just disappointed in just a lack of quality games for their overall, overall system. Now, the 3DS is good. Now, I'm loving the 3DS. I think they've got some good good games coming out for the 3DS, whatnot. But I think Nintendo needs to be careful because I think the handheld market is changing um, in the mm-hmm. sense that you got iOS, you got Android, you can get games for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, you know, sometimes free. Um, so I think, you know, that whole thing is changing. I think Nintendo is really living in the past. I don't think Nintendo is really moving forward. You know, I think they're kind of work, living the past, unfortunately. And I'm, con- I'm concerned for them because, you know, their sales are down. They're losing money, obviously. They're, you know, their mm-hmm. sales are down 35%. Are they hurting to the point where they're going to close doors? No, because I'm sure they have a lot of money from the Wii, Wii when it sold. But, you know, I mean, their, their, their biggest issue is they're not finding third-party support. They've really, it's always you know, been their issue since, like, always been 64. Issue. Yeah, since 64. But they've really, it's catching up with them. I think they got really lucky with the Wii. Um, you know, in the sense of sales, I don't even think Nintendo anticipated the Wii selling as well as it did when it came out. Oh, no. uh, but if you look at every system since the 64, outside the Wii, sales have dropped for every console. The GameCube, you know, all that, the N64, this, since the Super Nintendo, rather. So, you know, 64, whatever. I don't know. I mean, maybe Nintendo could, maybe they'll become a third party. I mean, ironically, maybe they'll start publishing games for other systems. I don't know. But um, now their they're first party games are, are top notch, but they keep rehashing the same games. Right. I know. You know, it's like, the, how many Mario Brothers do we need? <laughs> My son's in there playing uh, new Super Mario Brothers Wii U right now. Right, right. And it, it is the same game. I've said that I think the Wii U will be the last console for Nintendo. Oh. Yep. I, I think this is it. Well, you've said it, but I don't think so. You know, the difference between the Wii and the Wii U is that, that tablet controller. I think it puts people off. Like, the Wii controls, I think people were able to pick up pretty easily. But 
they're kind of really pushing this tablet. And I don't think yeah. everybody's ready for that quite well, quite yet. I think they made a big gamble, and I think that's what's holding them back because you know the PS4 and the Xbox One. I mean, they still are using like a regular controller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by and large. I mean, they also have the the Connect and whatnot. But I might be totally off. That's just my impression. They they didn't really market the Wii U very well. That um, I think is the biggest issue. And you know, the the name itself is really not a very good name. To be honest with you, I mean, it's. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you ask any I, casual gamer who bought a Wii, like if my mom ever had a Wii and I asked her about the Wii U, she'd probably think it's the same system. You know, I mean, there's just. There's nothing advertising-wise to tell people that it's different. And you have the tablet, like you mentioned, Vintage. But even the games, like the new Mario Brothers game I played, it doesn't utilize it very well. Oh, wow, yeah. I can play it on the tablet. Great. But the thing about the connecting the other you know, controls for the Wii is that that actually changed the, the gameplay. You know, I can move my arms and my hands. And that was cool with the Wii. The tablet, you can't even take it with you on the go. Yeah. It has a range. And then after that point, in, the battery life isn't very good on either. So... Uh, and the graphically, it's okay. Wow, they they finally got HD graphics. Okay, and then they're finally starting to figure out online friends rather than friend codes. I mean, but how late has it been? How late are they to the party? By this point, PS4 and Xbox and and One, all that, it's they're way ahead of you know Nintendo. This yeah. Well, now the the other thing that you did a video about was kind of collecting for the NES right. and, you know, kind of your, I guess, displeasure with the state of the market. Do you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, obviously I think the NES is very popular because, you know, a lot of us grew up with it. It's very nostalgic for a lot of us and, mm. you know, but you get people who pay crazy amount of dollars for these games and, you know, problem with eBay and buy it now is people do buy it now. And then even if it's fake buy it now, it still appears on eBay as someone bought it. Like you look at, for example, the um, Nintendo World Championship cart, the gray cart that had a torn label. It supposedly sold for hundred thousand dollars, which yeah. I, was, I still don't believe. It. I don't think it ever did. No, but um, but the fact that someone bid on that and trolled it, whatever, people see that and they're like, oh, cow, you know. Then you notice weeks later, people were posting their their carts on there for bite now for hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, when I was in Vegas a couple years back at the uh, Vegas Classic Gaming Expo, there was a guy who specifically went out to buy every little Samsung game out there. He had like 30 different versions of the game yep. because he wanted to come out, he wanted to drive up the demand for the game. And he did. <laughs> and I don't think that's right. I think it's it's crazy. Like, I, why would someone pay over $100 for a loose game, honestly? I just don't understand it. I mean, well, you know, I as much as I hate those prices as someone who likes collecting for the NES, as much as I hate the prices, it's tough for me, and I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to get political, but I'm a free market kind of person, and I kind of right. think, like, if someone is paying that, it sucks, <laughs> for for people who don't want to pay that but you know i can play a little samson at home right now i don't have the cartridge i can do it on my tv right you know it's if if you're about the games themselves play them if you're really about having to have the physical copies um, yeah. if that's what it's selling for it's kind of it sucks but i that's kind of my feelings. Is that no? I, I, I agree with you, and I, I think part of it's YouTube. I think the community do people do oh, reviews. You know, I think you know, people get an interest. Oh, I forgot about the game. I want to get that game. You know, so yep, yep. I, I completely agree with you, Chris. No, you know, no doubt. But I think, like you were saying in your video, I, I I do think there will be kind of a backlash, and I think that the prices will come down. You know, I've started to see a little bit of that, and people talking about that, and the more uh, YouTubers say, Psh, "I'm not going to pay that," yeah, then then it'll force people like that. You know, when little Samson stops selling for $500 for a loose cart, 
they'll have to drop the price and eventually it probably will come down i don't you know it's now i don't think it'll ever be the hundred dollar game that it was when i started collecting or you know fifty dollar game when i first started but i i can imagine it settling closer to 250 or something like eventually it's all about supply and demand you know that you bring yeah them. yeah and i agree and you know the super nintendo is starting to get the point too where games are starting to get oh. more expensive for the super nintendo it's bad super nintendo is really bad and the systems themselves are going up too uh, like when I started collecting, I went straight for Super Nintendo because that is my favorite system. And I went straight for the games that were rare. But the right. first thing I bought was all the Mega Man X's and um, Demon's Crest and Earthbound. Like I didn't pay like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 2 and 3. All those games I didn't pay very much for. 20, 30 bucks at max. Nice. And you know now they're like crazy. But the, the people who were Nintendo 64, that started to explode. Of course, they're all they all have their expendable cash now at this age, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not going to be long. The same thing will be happening with PS2 and GameCube and and Xbox, the original Xbox. It's uh, already happening with GameCube. GameCube yeah. games are really going up quite a bit. Yeah, but you got to get in on it on it and find yeah. what those rare games are and get those now because yeah. they win everyone else. Because I think this is what kind of happened. Everyone just sort of realized like all these NES. Uh, generation kids, they kind of realized, uh-huh, I missed my childhood. Yeah, I get it. And it, it sort of trickles and happens at different times for different people. But when it happens, it happens in mass and the prices go crazy like we're seeing now. Or, or maybe people just miss the old Nintendo. They don't like the current Nintendo. They're like, I miss the old Nintendo. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, John, uh-huh. I have another question. Sure. So, you may recall the first time that we ever met, it was back in late 2009 and my brother-in-law was getting married uh, in Phoenix. I try to block that out of my head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we we had like, we were like one of the first people like I guess that yes. met each other when yeah, we both started sure. our channels. And yeah. I think you had met maybe one or two other YouTubers before me. Like I think you had met Sinister Moon. I think Sinister Moon and that's about it. I think you were the second YouTuber. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you were you were my first. And so I've, I've talked about this. From, yeah, yeah. So I was <laughs> I talked about this from my perspective, but I was wondering if you might talk about it from yours because <laughs> being total noobs at this whole thing, yeah. like I never sent you like a picture. We never did a Skype. Yeah. So you you had no idea like what I looked like. And I think I told you that I'd be wearing a Cubs hat. And that was like right. the only thing that I told you. Right. Right. And, and so I got in the car and and what, what what was your like first impression? You're taller than I thought you'd be. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're tall. You're a tall guy. How tall are you? Uh, like six six one. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like I've got an inch on you. Even though like we never really officially met each other in person, I felt like I knew you pretty right. well. Right. Right. You know. So uh, I didn't really feel that that weird. I know. Didn't we go to like Bookman's? Yep. We went to did, Bookman's. Did we go to Joe's? We did. We did. You yeah. took me over to Joe's. Right. And that's where I got my my box copy of Bionic Command, though. Oh, yeah. Now you're the only other person that's ever been to Joe's house. Really? Yeah, besides that's me. Quite, that's quite an honor. And uh, he is really cool. I mean, just like how he is in your videos, like he is so laid back. Yeah. He's like the nicest guy. I mean, th- and his prices are so reasonable. I mean, I paid eight bucks for that boxed complete Bionic Commando. <laughs> I still have the sticker on it. To remind me yeah. of like how good of a deal. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I and I picked up a couple ColecoVision cards. You know, he yeah. had like that box that he called like uh, 
I don't know what he called it, like the reject box. If there if there was like some kind <laughs> of a defect on it, it's um, unbelievable what you know what you'll find every time you go over there. I'm like, yeah. geez, there'll be like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre complete in box for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, which is a rare game. It's just sitting there. Yeah, that was so Crazy. awesome. And then and then you took me to this like local hot dog joint. Oh, did we go to Ted's? I forgot about that. Yeah, and and they had like some kind of special lemonade. Is that right? Yeah, it's um. What is that? Yeah, it's so so Ted's is a is a chain. It's not actually out of uh, it's weird because it's out of Buffalo, New York. Uh-huh. So they have like seven locations in Buffalo, and they have one in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> nice, <laughs> the most random thing. But I guess the guy moved here and set up a. But it's they make like it's like old school, like they they charbroil hot dogs and hamburgers, really delicious. But oh, yeah, yeah. The the thing they had was like a berry. It was something really popular in the north in the New York upstate New York is very popular up there. Yeah, they have it there as well. But what was that? It's like. I don't know. I want to say snozberry, but that's like not right because it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's from Willy Wonka. No, but it was snozberries. <laughs> taste like snozberries. Snozberries <laughs> taste like snozberries. Well, that that was a fun time, and, and I just remember yeah. like I remember like our wives kept calling us because yeah. they were nervous. <laughs> still alive? Are you still alive? Are you still? Alive? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's he's, he's normal. You know. <laughs> That's fun. You gotta let me know next time you're in Arizona for sure. We'll do it again. Absolutely. I'm long overdue to come yeah. out that way. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're up. All right. So we had this discussion a little bit actually last time. Uh, Trekkie or Trekker? <laughs> either way, I don't get offended either way. Uh, probably Trekker. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> It, it, See, I remember Trek talking to you. Trekkie. <laughs> I remember talking to you and you saying Trekker, and then uh, Vintage was like, "No, it's Trekkie." And, and like, I was like, "He goes, Gamester says Trekker," and I'm like, "Well, Gamester's wrong." <laughs> it's I've seen I've seen the movies Trekkies, the both of them, and I don't know. They kind of it it makes Star Trek fans look silly. The term <laughs> yeah. Trekkie. It's like it's a derogatory term. Trekkie is derogatory. I think some people see it as that. No, 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 no. Yes. Gene Roddenberry <laughs> says it's Trek. He he! If you watch that documentary, he flat out comes out and he's like, "Look, I invented Star Trek, and it's <laughs> I could go either way, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't care either. I think Vintage is the only one who gets his panties in a bunch about it. Yeah. See, us, us Star Wars fans, we don't have a cool nickname. We don't call Warriors. You know, there's nothing. Like <laughs> Warriors. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I don't know. Because they're cooler than those <laughs> Trekkeries. <laughs> We'd coin the name Warrior. Star Wars. Star Warriors. I'm a trucker. What does that mean? You drive, drive a truck. truck. Oh yeah, that's that's what it means. Okay. Well, that's all my question was. Back yeah. to you, vintage. You have a. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I have two more. First of all, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm I'm going back into the uh, cheesy it, job interview. Yeah, no, I know. I was going to say it's a job interview. <laughs> I want to be in a position that I feel comfortable in and I can grab it <laughs> and work along with other people. Um, Are you going to have a beard? So it's 2019. It's okay, it's 2019. 2019. So where, where is Game Street? Well, I have uh, my kids will be five years older. Right. Uh, they'll be so, Star Wars fans and they'll be Star Trek fans, I'm sure. Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm still doing videos, I imagine. You know, I don't know. Did you guys hear the news? I joined Collector, Vi- Collector Vision. Did you guys hear all that? No. Uh, you did a video about it. Yeah, and that, yeah. That, that's the game publishing company. Yeah, so they they, yeah. uh, they it's who I worked with to produce my game, but they basically reached out to me and they they oh, wanted. Yeah. Uh, it's like a part time guild, so basically I'm kind of the head of marketing for them right now, wow. um, and I'm in charge of like coming up with like games, which is cool. So right now we're actually working on 
a brand new NES game called Sydney Hunter and the Mayans Revenge. Oh, nice. So it's, it's, it's going to play very similar to like Indiana Jones theme meets Pitfall meets um, some other kind of style games, but it's a completely original game. Um, and it's really cool because they're actually coming out with uh, Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death, which is another game with Sydney Hunter, which is a character, coming out for Steam and PC later this year. And we're gonna, it's going to be available in both 8-bit and 16-bit, which is really cool. Oh. So we're going to take those ports and we're going to release uh, an NES version of the game. We're going to do a Super Nintendo version of the game. We're going to port it to Dreamcast. Uh, we're going to port it to all bunch of stuff, even ColecoVision wow. and Intellivision, believe it or not. Um, so I'm working with these. These are great guys. They're, they're up in uh, Montreal area. Mm-hmm. And so my, my role with the company is kind of developing these games, come up with the ideas. I, I don't have like the know-how to like actually program the game, uh-huh. you know, but come up with a story and stuff like that, which is kind of my, my expertise nice. as far as marketing. So hopefully five years from now, I'll still be with them. Um, hopefully more on a full-time basis. That'd be awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, but we'll see. Right now I saw my day job and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd, you know, I appreciate that and all, but uh, no, it's fun right now. It's just you know, right now it's a hobby, but you know, definitely uh, putting some time into it. And these guys produce some great, high quality stuff. So, for example, like the Dreamcast, we're going to port uh, a North American release and we're going to do a PAL release because each version looks different, the case wise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the touch and detail on these guys are amazing. The when we're coming out with the NES game, we're talking about making the same cardboard, like the the. Uh, brown material that, that the original NES games were made out of, the cardboard boxes, right? Oh, so nice. Everything, the tension detail is going to be amazing on these. I'm telling you, it's going to be yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, that's actually with a lot of the homebrews, the, the box isn't right. Right, right. And to have the box be right will be awesome. Yeah, the box is going to be right. Um, and it'll be, we're gonna, we have lockout chips and everything. We have all the, what's cool is they have their own molds. So they make their own cases and everything in-house. Wow. Which is crazy. And they have their own chips. I mean, these guys are like diehards. And, uh, you know, so what we'll probably end up doing for Sydney Hunter and uh, the, uh, the the Mayans Revenge. And I'll show you. If you guys go on our Facebook, go to Collector Vision Games. Mm-hmm. There's like screenshots of the game. You can check it out. It looks really cool. Okay. But I'm, I'm super excited about that. It's like really, really cool. So that kind of opened up. That door opened up because I worked on the game and, they saw how much uh, fun that was working with them, and they invited me to kind of join them as far as uh, on their team. So that's really cool. I'm excited about that. Nice. Uh, Chris, do you have any other questions? Uh, yeah. The, the last question I was going to ask is just about your website and how that's doing. I know that um, it's been a big focus for you in the past couple yeah. of years. Yeah. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on, on its growth and, and well, where it's at and where you see it going. And, and, and unblocking me so I can post I a video. Now, actually, <laughs> keep him blocked. Can you well, reblock this, him? First off, I just want to say, I know you guys have contributed to the site, and I, I really appreciate that. That really means a lot. So thank you for, for your time to post. Well, I appreciate you inviting us on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's fun. Um, started the site back uh, a couple years back. Um, and it's growing every month. It's growing, which I guess is all we can really ask for. Um, to kind of give you an idea, last month I think it got close to twenty thousand unique visitors. Mm-hmm. Wow! So um, it, it's going well, um, well enough. I, I'm pleased. Obviously, I like it to be bigger. Um, but you know, my focus has always been on YouTube, and I've never really gone away from that. But I think it's always important to have a plan B, right? Uh, just in case YouTube uh, something happens to YouTube, it's nice to have something back on. You know, to post and share my videos on, and to keep people connected, whatnot. So it's fun. It's a community thing, and it's a lot of work and dedication, but it's been fun at the same while. So, you know, it's been great, great time. All right. Well, here's my last question. So you are a uh, trucker, 
Um, but you're also <laughs> quite a big Star Wars fan, obviously. No, no. Uh, naming so, your children after books of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, you know. It's funny about that. My wife actually came up with the name Luke, um, uh-huh. even though it's you know obviously Luke. You think of Luke Skywalker, but or, or Luke from the Bible, but. Uh, you know, we really like the name Luke. It's kind of something yeah. like we wanted to go with traditional names. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of old school names. You know, we have a lot of friends come up with names for babies who are just like, right. I don't know, kind of weird. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark and, and Luke will grow up and their name will be weird because they'll have like a normal name now. By the time they get older, everyone's going to have weird names. So that'll be normal for them, you know? So yeah, they're the only kids whose first name is a first name <laughs> instead of a last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like my wife, for example, her friend had a daughter named Evijah. Like with a J and I, or Vaya, or it's like it looks like vagina almost. <laughs> I, wow, seriously, the way it's spelled, I'm like, poor well, kid. it'll avoid any confusion. Poor kid is gonna grow up, yeah, yeah, she's gonna have a rough go, you know, yeah. Um, and her so- brother, penis <laughs> <laughs> or Dennis, it's wrong, it's yeah. wrong. Sorry, Dennis's of the world. <laughs> So my, my actual question for yeah, you. What was the question? I forgot. We're going. <laughs> well, yeah. Will episode seven suck? You know, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Because, you know, there's so much hype. Just like with episode one when it came out. It's almost doomed to fail because there's so much hype for it, right? But I think they've got the right people on, on, on board. You know, they have uh, – and I'm, I'm drawing a name on the – blank on the name of the director, but he did the last Star Trek. What's his name? J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, thank you. Um, You know, and and Disney. The thing is, if if Disney does to uh, Star Wars like they did to Pirates of the Caribbean, then I'm concerned. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they, they, I like the first Pirates, and then they just kind of melt it dry. And just the quality of each progressive one got worse and worse. Uh, and they're going to be, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but obviously they're coming out with seven, eight, nine, but between the years, they're coming out with like side stories as well, movies. So they're going to oh. have like a Boba Fett story that's going to be an actual full length movie focused on Boba Fett. They're going to have one on Yoda. So those are like side stories. Yeah. They're coming out I've, year after. So they're so. doing sort of like the Marvel thing, huh? Right. Exactly. They're, they're sticking with the Marvel. Now that's a good point though. If they do what they did with Marvel and I enjoy like the, the Marvel movies, you know, I think Disney has done a really good job with those. You know, like the Avengers was a really good movie. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So they can go either way. They can go the way of the, the Marvel. They can go the way of the, the Pirates of the Caribbean. We'll, we'll see. You know, I think that they know what they have. I mean, this isn't, this isn't like Marvel. There's, there are, there's only one Star Wars. There really is nothing like it. Right. And I think you have to put top talent in every single movie. And don't do it until it's right. Because... They, I mean, they have the potential of turning this into, you know, episode 20 down the line. Who knows how far it can go if they do it right. This could be like James Bond, like right. into, you know, 2050. They're still coming out with movies. Same it's thing could be said about Star Trek, right? I mean, the same thing could be said about that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think seeing the, the first two Star Trek films, that is the thing that gives me a lot of hope in terms of Abrams. Like, I, I've always yeah. trusted him. I mean, he's, I, he's never really missed that I can think of. What he did with Trek, I think those are gold. So I have yeah. a lot of confidence that these are going to be right. How would you like to be in his shoes? To have be the man behind the wheel for both the Star Trek and Star Wars series? I would that, love it. That'd be crazy, right? Who would have thought, you know, that <laughs> there'd be that connection, you know? So absolutely. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to do well. I, I don't think they're going to suck. Will they be as good as episode four, five, six? We'll see. And they're going to have, um, I think they're going to come out with a Jar Jar 
Return of the Jar No. Misa, old Isa. Fucking day. You're you're joking, right? No, I'm just joking. Yeah. They're gonna come out with the um revised, renewed episode six special, special, super special edition. It's it's funny in though. Plaid. Speaking of Jar Jar, on a side note, Hasbro, a couple years ago on Comic Con, they released a, a Comic Con exclusive that was Jar Jar and Carbonite. <laughs> I've like seen they, that. They, they put him in a carpet. <laughs> That's awesome. Where he belongs. Yeah. Oh, John, I also wanted to ask you, you know, in regards to Star Wars and stuff, um, why can't we get a theatrical release of the original trilogy, like, on Blu-ray? I just don't understand this. Like, that's all I want. Like, without the special limited... Right, limited I want, like, the original cuts... You know, the ones that we grew up on, the ones that we have on VHS and maybe Laserdisc, why why did, hasn't that come out on Blu-ray? Didn't they already release those? I thought they released those in a special pack. I, I thought I the, so. several years ago, I thought they came out with the Blu-ray that was the, the special edition and then also the original. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Do you have it? I, I don't know. I don't recall. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think they did. I mean, they were... Still, like, they improve the, the image and they improve the sound. You know, well, I was like... Uh, I'm looking it up. Here, here, here. For, here, here here's something. FuriousFanboys.com. Uh, January 1st, 2014. Four reasons why Disney can't release the theatrical cuts of Star Wars. It's yet. Fox. It's a Fox. Uh, Fox stones. Let's see... Uh, the original negative is not intact. It would be expensive to restore the theatrical cuts in HD for the costs involved. Not enough seem interested. I'm interested. That's not right. And then the last one is Fox owns the original trilogy and prequels until 2020 and a new, and a new hope forever. Oh, this is yes. New hope forever. Wow. What in the world? Okay. If you want to watch, okay, if you want to watch a good version of Star Wars, you have to watch the Laserdisc. There's the Definitive Collection. It's called the Definitive Star Wars Collection. It's the original ones on Laserdisc, high quality. Oh. So that's what you got to watch it on. But one thing about Star Wars, though, I was confused on, like, how come in New Hope, Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't recognize RTD2? Right. Oh, I know. Like, what's with that? So dumb. It, it seems clear that it wasn't really in Lucas's mind. He acts like these things were, but I just cannot yeah. believe it for one second. Well, like, I don't even know if he knew that Leia was going to be Luke's sister. You know, that even seems controlled. Well, because he, he, he had him kissing in episode, and, and, you know, Empress Yeah. Star. Well, maybe he's into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also think that maybe Obi-Wan, maybe he had Alzheimer's. <laughs> You know, like in episode seven, dude. He's got a or not episode thing. seven. Yeah. Episode four? Yeah, episode four. Well, he's definitely got it by episode seven. <laughs> he has no body. <sighs> Greg from Arcade Impossible here, and this is the Reject Recap, where Vintage and Chris drone on forever about every stupid thing they've done since the last episode. Well, that wasn't very nice. Thanks a lot, Greg. <laughs> um, yeah, we love you, Greg. And do so, we have do we have one that Gamester did, or do we need we to? We do. Like, okay, good. And he ends it by saying, "Oh yeah." Okay. <laughs> That's right. All right. We'll use Thank that. Thank you next for doing time. that, John. Yeah. Th- yeah. Yes. So okay. Um, I get paid royalties on that, right? <laughs> you, you do. 
<laughs> Why don't we start actually with John? Um, what have you been up to over the last month or so in regards to like, you know, life or game related stuff or videos you're planning? What have you been up to? Obviously family, you know, I've been busy with that and uh, this new collector vision uh, opportunities opened up. So that's exciting. And as far as videos, I, uh, I'm looking forward to the Retron 5. So when that comes out, uh, I'll be doing a review on that. Ooh. When is that coming out? You know, it's funny because, was it, the Classic Gaming Expo 2011, I had the guy at uh, Hyperkin reach out to me, and he was there. He's like, hey, John, I want you to, I'm going to send you a prototype, whatever, and I want you to test it. And this is back in 2011. Wow. Um, and then so just so happened, I got an email. He, I even signed a contract and everything, like it was all official. And I got an email through Hyperkin because I'm on their media list, whatever, they send me updates. And that got pushed back, and they let that guy go, or he left. So he's not with Hyperkin anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea. It's supposed to be first quarter of this year. Yeah, two weeks. So I, I really don't know. Um, and I even sent Hyperkin an email the other day as a follow-up. I'm like, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Am I still on the list to you know get a review copy? I'd like to check it out. And I sent like an email a couple of years months back after the guy had left. Um, and they said, oh yeah, you're still on there. We're still good. You know, we'll send you something. And I haven't heard back. And I sent an email like last week. Haven't heard back. So I know they were having issues with like, the board or something like that or something. I don't know. It's going to be cool when it does come out. As far as other videos, I'm actually meeting up with Greg. You know, Greg from Arcane Possible. We're going to go to the classic uh, Midwest, Midwest Classic. Uh, what is it? The Classic Midway or what is it? <laughs> it's uh, just uh, some iteration with the words classic Midwest. game video expo. Classic. Midwest retro. Gaming Classic, I think it's called. Midwest Gaming Classic. So, uh, that I'll, be, I'll meet up with him uh, on the weekend. and nice. uh, we're hanging out. When is and, that? Uh, it's April 12th and 13th. Oh, okay. Wow. Pretty so soon. They have, a, they have a big uh, pinball exhibit and all that good stuff. So I'm able to go because it's my birthday gift. My mom, my wife is uh, very gracious enough to let me go and took it out. So that's very cool. So, Are you planning to get to Portland this year? I hope so. It's in October, right? So I hope it so. It is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I already went on to try to actually to sign up. And the Red Lion, the hotel that I've always stayed at, they're actually – um, remodeling that weekend. Oh, so, what? So th- yeah. So uh, if you plan on going, you might want to book your room because an entire hotel, the one catty corner, Ooh. is closed. Well, so it's going to be a little bit tougher to, to get a close room. So are you going to get us in the stab in? Ah! Uh, I don't know. There's a few there locally. I was going to talk to you about it and like okay, uh, book right. it. But I, I yeah, I'd prefer not the stab in. But you know, <laughs> if that's all that's available. Stab- yeah, that was fun. I'm glad I was able to go there for that one day. Uh, but that was like the longest day of my life because I <laughs> didn't get any sleep that night. Right. And then the next day I went home and then my wife had to go. We had to induce labor because right before I left, I went, we specifically went to the doctor and we're like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. We're good. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, nothing. Everything's fine. It's not due for another three weeks. Like, okay. So I'm like, I would have risked going if I would have known. So I, I ended up getting back and my wife's like, she had preeclampsia, which Long story short, it's just something that some pregnant women get that some, they basically have to induce earlier on. It's pretty common with twins, supposedly. So, uh, but uh, so anyway, we had to like, yeah. So she had to induce labor. So again, I was up for like two more days straight uh, for that. So that was brutal. Mm. But at the end of the day, we had two beautiful babies, so it was worth it. Yep. Amen. So, anything else? Any games you've been playing? Uh, been playing. Um, yeah, I got the new Stick of Truth. Uh, okay. Play, playing that, that's that's actually a really fun game. I've been enjoying that. Not so many retro games recently, uh, to be honest with you, but been playing The Walking Dead as well. At episode two. Okay. 
Have you guys played that or messed around with it much? I haven't. Um, I'm I'm waiting till it goes down in price, and I'll probably pick it up on Steam. Even five dollars an episode is not too bad, but uh, yes. it, it is fun. It kind of reminds me of the old school point and click, right? Think, you know, Telltale's really done a really, really good job with it, and it's still story driven, which I love, mm-hmm. and it's it's really cool. So there's that one, and then there's that uh, Wolf Among Us, which is also produced, which is really good too, based on uh, a graphic novel as well. So, I've never heard of that one. It's fun. It's really good. It's like a murder mystery, but mm-hmm. it's like all these fables. I think the the comic book or graphic novel is called Fable. Okay. But they, they can't call it Fable because obviously there's a game called Fable. Oh, yeah. So, um, But it's the whole premise is it's New York City and there's all the characters are like Fable. So you have like you play as the big bad wolf, mm-hmm. right? But um, And then there's like – the three pigs, you know, and there's there's Little Red Riding Hood, and there's Hansel and Gretel, and there's all these fables that live in New York. But someone, there's people dying, and so you're this detective, big bad wolf, and you can either play as like really bad or really good, and like it's kind of the same idea, same premise as like what you say affects and what you do affects the whole outcome of the later game. Right. So it's really cool. It's cool. It's well done. Hmm. Chris, your uh, your field is blank. Um. Yeah. Look, okay, so I, I had I've had my kids staying with me for a couple weeks and um you know, once again, I don't know what I do. <laughs> I don't know what I do. I, I feel like I just go to work and then I kinda sleep. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't it makes me really sad. I know like gamester, you're going all over the place. You're like all over the planet and you're doing like hundred and fifty <laughs> things and you're like talking about games you played. Um, I just feel kind of pathetic. I don't know what I do. I just come home and I stare at a wall and then I go to sleep. <laughs> I, yeah, most of my time doing anything is just when I'm in the car. So I've actually just, I've been buying a bunch of older music that I kind of missed. You know, I always liked, um, Radiohead and, uh, Oasis, but I, I never bought like their later stuff. And so I've just kind of been revisiting, um, a lot of, uh, bands just, checking out what they had and pleasantly surprised with a lot of what they did. And I, I kind of thought Oasis, even though I knew they had more albums, I kind of thought they, their, their good stuff stopped after like Wonderwall and mm-hmm. Champagne Supernova. But I've been really surprised. They kind of matured. You know, their, their lyrics started making sense. And because uh, <laughs> the early stuff, yeah. it's like slowly walking down a hall faster than a cannonball. Like, what is he just trying to think of rhymes? Were they just like, yeah, I, I got a word that rhymes with hole. How about bowl? You know, what were they yeah. thinking? <laughs> yeah, I saw him in concert back in the day. Oh, Oasis. nice. Yeah. yeah. Then I think I'm trying to think who opened up for him. I think it was uh, Green Day. No, no. It's it's what's his name? Son. Who? Oh, uh, uh, Wallflowers. Oh, Wallflowers. Yeah. They op- yeah they oh, yeah. Okay. Light. Jacob yeah. Dylan. Jacob Dylan, yeah, yeah, Wallflowers, yeah. I have to apologize for that bad Oasis. I was sounding more like the Beatles, so here's the real Oasis impression. Those of those, 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 I, I can't cuss, though. That would be fun. That's my Liam. And then, I've, like I said, I've also been listening to a lot of Radiohead, and oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew that they got a little weird, but, uh, you know, a little artsy-fartsy. Yeah. Um, they're they're still they still got some good things, but man, if you expect to hear anything like creep, uh, you're not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> you're just not gonna. Like I just bought their best of and thought, all right, this is gonna be awesome. And you know, of the thirty songs on there, there's about maybe ten that really struck me, and the rest are like, I guess kind of depressed <laughs> afterward. <laughs> it's like I don't know, I could drive my car off a cliff. Now. Are they from? Are they from UK as well? They are. Yeah. Yeah. 
How about you, Vintage? Well, first of all, it seems like you've been hanging out with Aaron and Ricky, and you've been doing a lot of secret projects with them. Is that yeah. is that something you can talk about? Well, I'll just say this: like the show we're gonna do, it's all three of us. We're kind of like gonna be at a desk, you know, almost like a news thing. Uh-huh. But we've brainstormed tons of kind of uh, random segments. Are you going to be wearing suits and like really thick glasses? No, no but it is more like a set. Uh, you know, it's going to be a set. Every episode is going to be fairly short, but in the typical Aaron, um, you know, way of doing things, it's it's very off the wall. Like we'll do a bunch of episodes in one day. We'll just film them all, and then we're going to actually alternate editing and posting. So some will be on his channel and some will be on mine. We are both very excited about it. Uh, a guy. Uh, wrote a theme song for us. Wow. Another guy is uh, drawing our logo, and um, I posted like on Twitter and stuff. We we have like cartoon versions of ourselves. Uh, all three of us do. It's it's a whole different thing, and I'm excited about it because I mean I don't want to spill too much, but there is nothing else like it in the gaming world on YouTube. There's nothing like this, ah. and so I'm very excited that we're kind of breaking this new ground, and it's oh. a it's going to be easy to make, but I think very entertaining. And always something new. And when wow. is when is a release date for we this? Still, I mean, there's a few bottlenecks. Like, everything is pretty much ready to go. There's a few, I don't want to call them set pieces, but but we're trying to make this very legit. You know, we want coffee mugs with our show's logo on the coffee mug. Wow. Yeah, we're, wow. We're trying to, and we bought, like, lighting for it. Like, we're really being serious. Where, about where are you recording it? Where? We'll probably do it um, in Aaron's game shed, but okay. we're going to move some stuff around. And, you know, uh, you know, you've been there, John. It's kind of a long shed. Yeah. And so there's a lot of crap on one side and the games are on the other side. We're going to move all that crap out of the way. And in order to get all three of us, we've kind of got to film all the way across. But but it's it's doable. And with the new lighting system, it's going to it'll look really nice. Cool, man. So we're kind of we're waiting on the final logo. For the show, and then we got to order some things, and Ricky's yeah. building a few little accessory things. Like I, you know, can't talk too much, but hey, Chris, I, I just want to say real quick though, I don't, don't want to change the topic here too much, but I love the parodies you did with Greg. It's hilarious. Oh, I was watching that. I was showing my wife the one with the the smoothies where you put in like the the burger, whatever, and you like blend it up and you gamer eat. drinks, gamer drinks. Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you actually are an Easter egg in there. I don't know if you caught it, but at like two eleven, really? yeah, we there's seventeen Easter eggs all throughout that. But we put your um we put Game Straighting One the video game on the cookie tray. Oh, okay. But what's funny is at that same moment, there's also on the reflection of the microwave, the reflection of my head is actually the NES Complex logo. So they're both there, and so some people are catching them both. It's it's been crazy. Some people have rewatched it to try to find them all, and they'll list all these things. That's a good idea to do that. There's yeah. a couple Easter eggs no one said. I'll just say them now because no one said them. But at one point, why? I don't know. But we we copied the outlets and we made on the wall. There's like three outlets for some reason. Or on the ceiling, there'll be three vents. Um, <laughs> in one scene, we put, we put a happy console gamer video on the TV behind. And, you know, Greg masked it because his body, he kind of gets in the way of the television as he's moving. Yeah. But we masked it so he steps in front of it. So it looks like it's on the TV, but it's not. It was all added later. We'll put a Game Boy just sitting on the counter for some reason. There, there's a ton of weird, random things that um, very few people have I've, noticed them all. And it's funny, like, <laughs> we put them there. Yeah. And, like, I was showing um, – Ricky hadn't seen it. I went over there last night, and, and he, so we watched it. 
And I couldn't find where the, the three outlets are. I know it's there, but where is it? Couldn't find it. Yeah, it's funny. That's funny. But thank you. I really appreciate that. And even the one with the Game Chasers parody and the, the you know, you sound so much like Aaron. It's not even funny when you do like the voiceover. <laughs> I was cracking up, man. <laughs> it's so funny. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I actually already booked a flight. I'm going to Chicago on May 1st. And oh, really? we've already got a ton of ideas for a second episode. So we are definitely going to do that. And there's another parody that I, yeah, we're, we're planning another parody too. But. That's hilarious. Yeah, Greg's awesome. Cool, man. That's awesome. I'm actually, I'm, I'm hanging out with Greg uh, yeah, next, in a couple of weeks. So we're, I'm actually yeah. staying at this place. So that'd be cool. So John, uh, has Chris approached you about your, your bit in the upcoming episode of the old game Look Forers? No. Oh no, I haven't. Oh no. real? Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh, Vintage oh. is a little pissed, but we <laughs> well, we wanted to add because I came up with this idea of how I could fit into the show, and <laughs> and they're all like, "Oh no, 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 we want Gamester to do that," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, we, okay, thanks." <laughs> I love the name too. It's so classic. I well, look, here's the thing, and and I yeah, man, Greg and I talked about that. We we we've done a lot of the things that are you know classic tropes from retro liberty and game chasers but there's a few we didn't get to and the main one like all right like we don't have the all right guy and greg and i both immediately said because your voice is so deep if you did like okay you know (laughs) instead yeah 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 yeah, but you know if we if we could film like maybe when he's out when you're out there with him, if you could go to like a game store and we can try yeah. to replicate that shot, but you're like okay, yeah. <laughs> it just whatever, what whatever that's whatever whatever. Vintage emails us and he's like, all right, here's here's I want to be no the no all don't right say guy. don't say don't oh yeah okay don't say the second idea I won't I won't no because yeah. then I came up with the second idea and they were kind of like they just ignored me no. <laughs> Stop it! I wouldn't ignore you. You're like my brother. From another mother. I know, I know. But they, but they won't commit. They won't say yes. That's a great idea. Obviously, when we, when we all meet up in Portland, Greg and I are probably going to come out a couple days earlier, and we'll try to probably do a third episode. I mean, we really enjoyed it, and I, I think what's so cool, like to hear all the comments about how much people laughed. You know, my, my videos are not usually geared toward making people laugh. Right. And we just talked that day and, and just kind of realized, man, we made thousands of people laugh today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that felt so awesome to know. I mean, forget like numbers of views. I just was like so jazzed by the fact that people laughed. That's absolutely true. All over the country, all over the world, people were laughing. I couldn't believe you drank that like smoothie though. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> it was like a beer and what was his like beer and a it was beer and cheese a burrito a burrito, burrito. Yours was a burrito. yeah that was brutal did you notice the shot like very few people have commented on this too he actually rotoscoped like like uh jason's face on his own in one very right. short bit his face is on there and it slowly changes into greg's but it's like lined up so perfectly i don't think people are noticing <laughs> i didn't notice that no, I, didn't I, gotta watch, I gotta watch it again now after it's we're done here i'm gonna watch it he goes nice he just says nice. I don't. I don't know why, but it's. Oh, I do remember that. But I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I remember that. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's Jason's face, and the fade is so perfect. I mean, I was like uh, Google Hangouting with him when we did it. And we were trying to get the lighting just right, and when it hit, when it was perfect, we were. I could not believe how good that looked. Did you talk to Jason about it? Did he get any? Feedback? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> he loved it. And uh, Drunken Master Paul commented too. He he thought it was great. Like I was kind of nervous because I'm yeah. it's such a bad impression of him, you know. <laughs> so, well, that's why it's great. The bald cap was classic, yeah. So vintage, what have you been up to? Okay. All right. So I have I have three movies that I want to talk about this time. The first one is Dread. Came out in 2012. This is not the Sylvester Stallone one. It's a Judge Dread, like a remake, right? It was a remake, right, of of Judge Dread, and it's just called Dread, uh, and it was starring Carl Urban. I heard it was dreadful. Oh yes. <laughs> um, you know what? Mark Mildenberger uh, on Twitter. He he he's the one that kept telling me to watch this. So now that I have Netflix, which maybe Yay. I should say, yeah, uh, nice. you know, big big news here. I I cut cable. Um, I got a PS3, and I got Netflix, and I got an HD antenna, and so I, I'm I'm picking up like I got like 20 local channels, and you know they come in really good. Um, and so, yeah, we've been doing this and I ended up figuring out, you know, I'm going to save like 65 bucks a month. And dude, Jeez. let's be honest. We, I've been trying yeah. to get you on Netflix forever. Isn't it like freaking awesome? It, it is awesome. And the kids love it. They're like addicted to it. You know, we have to kind of ration that, you know, their access to it. But they, they go back and forth. They take turns. And like my son's right. watching like all old Transformers. And nice. Yeah. And, you know, my daughter watches like Phineas and Ferb and all that other stuff. But uh, <laughs> it, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's all, you know, wireless connected connection and i've never had a problem with buffering or anything like that it's it's so great and i don't miss cable at all the, the only thing i miss is walk <laughs> dead but you know yeah. i figure i can wait that's on uh netflix uh, it is but they they don't have the current season oh yeah true. so like for the new episodes there are ways well yeah but yeah there are ways but two, two words <laughs> break breaking bad <laughs> oh dude have you seen breaking bad um I've just i don't it. Amazing. i don't want to see it dude you do you're no, wrong I'm, no. you. I'm sorry vintage you're wrong no dude you're wrong I, i've been i was exactly like you i used to be young and naive just like you <laughs> but then i when i started watching it i realized that the premise what you think it's about it is about that but it's not what it's really about is a normal guy who yeah. turns into a monster. That's what it's about. Forget yeah. forget all the other trappings. You're watching how a person could become this thing. And the writing is so freaking good. It brilliant. It is yeah. it is absolutely brilliant. Like I could not stop watching the show. Uh, you know, it's like five seasons and I, I think I watched it in like a week and a half. Okay. Okay. Well, no, um... that's what I've been doing. That's my reject report. I watched Breaking yeah. I heard Dexter's good too. You know, it is, but it's hard to go to Dexter after Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad is such good writing that there are a few loose ends in Dexter that kind of disturbed me. Like, Breaking Bad has none. Everything that happens is accounted for. So perfect. Uh, well, at the end, the final season, I don't want to spoil it for Vintage, but I was a little disappointed in the final episode. I'm not going to watch it, John. <laughs> oh, come on, Vintage. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's you other know. things I'm interested in watching. I want to watch it. Watch the first episode, and if you don't like it, then don't continue. But I guarantee you, the first episode will get you hooked. Uh, I, I, I really think you are you are making a mistake if you don't give this a shot. There is a reason why 
so many like if you think it's just about meth yeah meth is a big topic but it's not about all these meth heads and all that stuff all the time it's like it's about a guy with a family you know, mm-hmm. I've had so many people try to push this on me that I'm starting to worry about you guys. Like, it's some kind of a cult or something. You know, that's exactly what I thought. But eventually, yeah. I had <laughs> say it. so many people said it. I, I was like, you know, that person and that person, that those people can't all be wrong. I have to trust them. And I'm glad I did. It is the best show that it I've is. watched in the past, you know, 10 years. And I'm not, co- like, kidding. Okay. It is, it is really well. It's top gonna, 10. Yep. Top ten shows for me. It's, I'll take it under it's, another good show, uh, Chris. I don't know if you've seen is Sons of Anarchy. I have not. I've heard of that. It's, That's like an FX show, right? It's on FX. Yeah, it's yep. a biker gang. Uh, it's pretty graphic, though. Um, more so than Breaking Bad, even. Breaking Bad has its moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's got the guy from um, who, Hellboy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got uh, what's his name? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. And yeah. Beauty and the Beast and that atrocity alien resurrection. <laughs> Yes, he's in that. What's his name? I forget his name. I can't think of his name either, but honestly, he's, he's the ugly. reason why I'm afraid to watch that. Like, as soon as you said Sons of Anarchy, I'm like, I can't stand that guy for some reason. He's oh, Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Ron Perlman. No, yeah, he's actually pretty good in the series. Uh, he's a character you can certainly hate. And he's like, you grow to hate him. Um, but, but oh, no, it, it, it's a really, really well done, uh, well written series. Not as good as Breaking Bad, but uh-huh. it, it's still fairly good. Um, Absolutely. So, well, let me tell you, has, has been con- it's considered the thirteenth best written show of all time. What is Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. Of I wonder what I wonder history. what number one is. I forget. I, I looked at the list, but Seinfeld. No, no. I mean, they have like some old shows, like even from the fifties. Some of those old comedies that just were really well done. I love Lucy, or something yeah, like. that kind of stuff. I think I love Lucy like seven or something like that. Well, look, the shows I'm interested in catching up on are um, <laughs> Sherlock, which I, I told you I saw the first episode last night, and it was incredible. Like, even Mrs. Geek liked it. Dude, it, it only gets better. Like, the third season is, uh, I think they just are wrapping it up or just wrapped it up, and it, yeah. it's not on Netflix yet. Right. But I, I watched a couple. Actually, I went over to, <laughs> to a girl's house, and I fell asleep while we were watching it. <laughs> and she dumped me that night, but that's not. <laughs> yeah, I oh, think man. I snored something, but wow. I liked it until I fell asleep. I was just tired, you know. Give me a break. Yeah, but go on, go on. But yeah, I want to watch that, um, and I want to get, I want to get back into like Doctor Who and go back and watch, you know, all the the modern ep- uh, series. Um, I want to do that, and I want to check out Fringe. Is another I one that Fringe I heard. Good one. Yeah, I heard that's good. Yeah. yeah, I finished Fringe right before Breaking Bad, and I, I will say that you don't need to watch the fifth season. Really, uh, it's unfortunate because it it feels like it never got its fair end. But isn't that like the ending of it all? I mean, dude, the fifth season. It's it. I mean, I think the show was canceled and brought back, and the fifth season feels like one of those shows where the budget okay. was cut in half, and oh, okay, everything right. is is different. It's not the same show. Okay, like the whole first three seasons are about like parallel universes and stuff, and that's awesome. What was that crashing sound? Sneezing. Sorry. Oh, okay. You okay. sneezed, dude, and you brought a shelf down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I actually watched Dread on Netflix uh, over the weekend. At first, I was kind of very like, meh. I thought, you know, first impressions kind of average. Um, the the effects in it, I thought, were pretty awesome. Like they have this whole like slow mo thing, and it it's it's not quite like Bullet Time, but it's kind of 
you know, along those lines. But and the more I thought about it, like actually, the more I liked it, and I, I'd probably give it like a B minus. There's some things that bother me about it. Like for half the movie, they're kind of like dragging this guy around with them, and I'm just like, you know, why wouldn't they just tie this guy up and then come back and get him later? And and then at the very end, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it. Uh, <laughs> the head like bad guy is actually this chick who is. We've talked about before. She's in Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh yeah, yeah. So she's yeah. like the head of this gang or whatever. And at the very end, you know, it's like Dread, you know, gets into her like bunker, and and she's got like this thing on her arm, and it's like, well, you know, this is hooked up to my heartbeat, and you know, if I die, like the whole like fifty stories or whatever, the top fifty stories are gonna blow. You know, I've rigged it with explosives or whatever. I'm just like, okay. And I'm like, why wouldn't he just, you know, arrest her and then just walk her out? But, <laughs> so anyway, he ends up shooting her in the stomach. And then he's like, oh, I bet if I, because th- they're, they're on a 200 story building. And he goes, oh, I bet if I throw you down, like the transmitter won't reach up to, up to this high. And I'm just like, so this guy's ga- taking this huge gamble. There's like all these people living in this massive structure. He's risking his own life. <laughs> so he throws her over the edge and dies and, and the building doesn't blow up. And I'm just like, why? I know. It's been a while since I've seen the original Judge Dredd. Is that not how I mean, it's a totally different story? Um, it, Yeah. I mean, the uh, the Sylvester Stallone one was a kind of like campy type thing, you know, and, and th- this was more like gritty and it's more like kind of it's more violent. It's more true to the source material. Like he never takes his helmet off. That's like a big thing in the comics, you know, he never takes off his helmet. It's like, you know, this whole thing that he's kind of like the faceless, like he is the law, right? Like that's his line, right? Right. right. On, he does work at it. They do work that into, you know, this, and it's not like as cheesy as Sylvester Stallone. Overall, I'd say, yeah, B minus it's, it's, I think it's worth watching. Um, you know, for a good, like, action movie, and the acting is pretty decent. I mean, you know, the main character, Dredd, he's kind of a pretty one-dimensional character, but he's got, like, this rookie with him who has, like, psychic powers, and she's pretty cool, and the bad guys are actually pretty interesting, so... Huh. Worth a watch. You know, it's on Netflix. Now I can yeah. see this. Have you, I know you did a review of Robocop. Did you see the movie, too, the new one? Yes, so that that's also on my list... Uh, I absolutely loved the remake, and uh, it seems like you know opinion is divided on this. But I walked into it with very low expectations, you know, like thinking that it probably was going to suck. And you know what? It totally stands on its own. I really like what they did with it. I mean, there's a lot of like hat tips to the original, but they they took it in a different direction. I just thought it was great. I mean, there's a lot of like moral ethical type issues that are in, that are in this movie and man, it was just so good. Like uh what's his name? The the guy that was in Batman that played Commissioner Gordon. Do you know his name? Oh yeah, dang. Well, anyway, he he he's in this and it really he does such a great job. He's the doctor that actually like builds RoboCop. And he he really gets to kind of showcase his acting skills because in Batman, he kind of is like this one dimensional kind of like, you know, tough cop type guy. And 
But in this movie, he's he really is great as the doctor. And Michael Keaton plays kind of like the head of Omnicorp. And he's very good. He's very dynamic. Samuel L. Jackson has his kind of bit part as this guy that has this like TV show. And it's very like political. And uh, it's just really good. Really recommend it. If, if you go in there and you kind of just let the movie stand on its own, I think you're going to like it. You know, if you if you start trying to compare it to the original, that that's where people kind of, you know, they get a little pissed well, off or whatever. Isn't it PG-13? It is. See, the original is so graphic and gory. Right. I mean, there's definitely violence in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of, like, shooting the bad guys and all that other stuff. But, they, you know, there is blood, but it's not to that extent. It's not like that Peter... Verhoeven, you know, over the top gore fest, <laughs> you know, cause he also did total recall in, in starship troopers, uh, like I mentioned in the review. And, and so, you know, that's all like blood and guts and all kinds of stuff And this movie. It doesn't need that. Um, it's, it's a lot smarter of a movie, I would say. And then the last one that I wanted to mention just very briefly is I saw Ender's Game uh, came out on Blu-ray. We picked it up at the Red Box. I had never seen or I'm sorry, I'd never read any of the books. I hear a lot of people say the books are great and they're disappointed with the movie. Again, I kind of just went into it with like, I'm just going to see what this is. And, you know, having never read the book, I thought the movie was very good. Again, it was very smart, uh, very good acting effects were good story was interesting and you know the whole thing about this is it's it's very much like it's about tactics and it's about Mm. you know it's basically like a chess match like the entire movie is a chess match between you know the humans and this aliens and and it's a story about this kid who you know rises up through the ranks and ultimately you know is put in charge of like the entire like earth fleet uh to go and fight this this alien menace or whatever and uh yeah i I recommend checking that out it's definitely worth it you know buck 50 go to your red box and watch it i liked it cool had had any of you guys seen that one no no i hadn't seen any of these really i mean i know avengers game it's a book by orson scott card and there's a it's like a trilogy um, one of the books is, I think it's called Ender's Shadow, where I, I don't remember his name, but he has, Ender has a good friend. You remember that character's name? Um, there were, name. there were two, there, but the one guy, yeah, I know who you're thinking. But it's like a retelling of the original story. If I remember correct, I, I didn't read it, but I remember reading about it mm-hmm. where they retell Ender's game, but now it's from this guy's perspective, oh, which that's is kind of interesting. I don't know if they would make a movie that way nah. or if they... Well, I don't know. It could be cool. If the book was that awesome and a lot of people talk about it, who knows? Never seen that in a movie. Mm. I'd be okay. curious to see how that works. But yeah. do you know how that did? Um, Let me check it out. Uh, let's see. I've actually got it up here. A budget was, ooh, it didn't do good. Well, budget well, was 100, the- 110 million, box office 112. So it only made 2 million. Which, yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to see another one. All right. uh, Two quick gaming related things. Um, Vintage Junior and I, we finished Super Mario Brothers Wii, uh, which was pretty fun. You know, the end battle with Bowser there when he like becomes this like huge giant and chasing you through the lava. Was that tough for you? Um, 
No, I mean, I beat it, like, once you get the propeller suit, you kind of just fly the rest of the way. Yeah. I had uh, trouble with that part for some really? reason. Yeah, I I breezed through the game, but I died a few times on that part. It was really frustrating having to, to do that little intro Bowser bit before the, you know. The, you well, know. yeah, you just have to kind of, like, get, you know, you just have to time it right and run underneath them. You know, I don't know why of... it was so frustrating. <laughs> How is the game uh, multiplayer like co-op? Is it pretty fun? Um, well, when you're playing with a three-year-old, it's <laughs> it's kind of frustrating because he's constantly like, you know, dying. And um, I was talking about this last episode. You know, he he got up to uh, ninety-nine continues, and it just it just doesn't. It just keeps saying ninety-nine. So like, wait, uh, you get like five men every continue, right? Right. That's a lot of men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing was like he would bump into me and um, oh, you know, steal yeah. my power ups and all that other stuff. But but, you know, he he was having so much fun and, and it was really more just the experience of playing together. And uh, so we beat the game and that now we're actually going back through it a second time so we can collect all those stupid coins. Big coins. Yeah. yeah. So we can unlock, um, you know, the, the extra levels like World Nine. And that's even more frustrating because some of them require you to like work together. And I'm trying to like tell him a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just take control of his guy and I'll just like, (laughs) there'll be a coin that'll be like over a pit or something. And I'll just be like, all right, son, it's time to take one for the team. And I'll just like jump (laughs) and have him get the coin and then die. (laughs) And then I'll just continue on through the level. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Because, you know, there's some parts where you, you need the propeller suit and you're supposed to yeah. kind of like you jump down, get the coin and then fly back up before you die. And I'm just oh. like, eh. Yeah, just... Unfortunately, um, World 9, there's going to be a lot of times when you have to work together. So what happens if you get all the coins on World 9? Um, then the game turns into a magic lollipop. And it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Is I, it I World 10? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, and then the last thing is what I already kind of mentioned. You know, I, I picked up the PS3 Last of Us bundle. Uh, came with the slim, the super slim. Actually, yep. this is the third model. And, uh, compatibility. Right. And uh, which I don't care about. And I've got 250 gigabytes. Uh, came with one controller. And it's got that like sliding yeah. door thing, which I like because... You do? I do like it because I feel like it's one less thing that can break. It feels Fisher Price to me is a problem. I mean, I, I got that <laughs> second bundle and I, I'm worried about that actually breaking. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe next episode we could talk more about our PS. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because you know, yeah. it's kind of running a little long. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let, let's go ahead and, and do the reject report. First, fast, accurate. Your 24-hour news source. Coast to coast, it's time for the Reject Report. Okay, hi, and welcome to the Reject Report. Uh, We do have a couple of stories to uh, talk to you about this month. I don't know if you have heard about this, guys, but there may be a new Shaq Fu in development. I heard briefly about it. I did hear. Yeah, Yeah, so if you go on Indiegogo... Uh, there is an official, I don't know what you would call this, um, but it's its for Shaq Fu, and they're calling it A Legend Reborn. 
uh, Shaq Fu returns, and this time we won't foo it up. <laughs> now, what they're asking for is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, there are thirty-four <laughs> days left, and they're currently at ninety-nine thousand five five seven. Hey, that's a miracle as it is. So there's a and there's a YouTube video here. It's about four and a half minutes, and I, I watched it, and it's. You know, they show some like concept art and, you know, it looks like they threw threw something together that it kind of looks cool. The jury's still out as to whether or not this is all just a big joke. Um, I'm reading different things that say, you know, it's a publicity stunt. Others people say, no, this is for real. Um, So I I didn't know what you guys heard about this. And I was wondering what you thought. What was your take on it? Isn't that chump change for Shaq? Why is he just... Produce himself. Seriously. Yeah, I, he's got I that in his couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you would think, which which is a which is a reason why I'm leaning towards this whole thing is fake. Speaking of fake things, did you guys see the hoverboard thing? Oh, the, the picture. I saw you? the picture. No, no, no. You seen the video of the hoverboard? You didn't hear about it? No, yeah. no. What? Really? Okay. Okay. Hey, do me a favor. There it is. There you go. Okay. Watch this video. Just take a moment. Watch this video. We'll all watch it together. So, so obviously it's fake, right? Oh yeah. But uh, here's kind of speculation: is obviously next year will be the year Back to the Future Two is supposed to be 2015, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so speculation: maybe a new Back to the Future movie. This could be a whole promotional thing for it. I don't know. It is strange that they would. I mean, that's a lot of money to do this just for yeah. nothing. That's true. Right. Like to, to bring in all those people, Moby and uh, and why do it a year before? <laughs> Well, to, yeah. to generate the yeah, to generate yeah. the buzz and whatnot, buzz. get people thinking about it again. Before. Wow. Well, yeah, it's, because when was the last? I mean, well, we've had we've had those games come out, but you know, really, like, who knows about those except gamers? Right. Um, if they want to get people thinking about the movies again, they have to put out some kind of viral video. Which certainly accomplished that thirteen million views right now. They did. Yeah. Point six million. Ten thousand dislikes. Wow. <laughs> because they're disappointed it's not real <laughs> yeah I mean, so the video for everyone listening though the video is called belief and it's by hover tech they only have two videos and thirty-five thousand subscribers <laughs> thanks uh, for sharing that john yeah chris why don't you go with your next story so you know everyone's heard of the oculus rift the sort of a headset 3d virtual reality type thing that um actually is looking kind of promising well i guess there have been some remake, uh, low-key, not actually produced by Nintendo or whatever, but Metroid Prime is getting Oculus Rift support, so you'll be able to play the first-person shooter Metroid Prime with the headset. That's cool. I think that's very cool, and I, I know that they were messing around with uh, F-Zero GX and the Oculus Rift. I don't really know how that would work, but still, mm. pretty interesting. Have you guys ever tried that thing? They had it at PAX, I think. They uh, had it at Portland, too. Yeah, they did? did? Yeah. yeah. I didn't see it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I want to try it. I just didn't care, honestly. I, I'm maybe I'm bad. I should have cared. Did you try it, John? I did. It's kind of weird. It, you get disoriented pretty quickly in it. But I was like skydiving. It was kind of weird. And the, the program they had me doing it was. It's cool though because it's all like widescreen. Like it's hard to explain. Right. You know, but it's cool. Because it totally like wraps around your like field of vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When is that supposed to come out? I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, you didn't do your homework, Christopher. I, I did my homework for what I was going to say. I just think <laughs> it's cool. But I think it's cool that, uh, that the gaming community is taking these old games and, and trying to give them new life. And you right. know, if, the, if the system is awesome and they've got this sort of, for lack of a better term, like homebrew community retooling some classic games, I think that's awesome. Yes. And, and speaking of that, uh, my second story is uh, there's a new gauntlet coming out uh, this huh. summer. This was actually hot off the press just nice. today was announced, uh, March 17th. And uh, there is a trailer out there. Yeah, it's so like Warner a minute, Brothers. It's, is- it's like a, right. Warner Brothers is behind it. It's a um, it's about a minute and a half trailer. And it says initially that it's coming to PC, and I do know that it's going to be on Steam as well. And it looks like it, it's going to be, you know, a four-player cooperative. You know, it's going back to like the classic Legends, char- yeah. character classes, action RPG, going through dungeons and, and castles and fighting monsters, and uh, it, it looks pretty decent actually the whole thing about playing four player at the same time in a world like that and everyone like freaks out about new super mario brothers 3d world you know like gauntlet's been doing this for a long time and and people people get excited about nintendo doing it now gauntlet nailed it it's so fun right it's not a new concept no but and they just did it so well and having the four character classes where they really feel different yep it yeah. is so cool. And when you played that with other people in, you know, in a room, that was killer. I miss that. You know? and it, yeah, if you watch the trailer, it seems like each character, they all have their special attacks and stuff. It's not, you know, it's not just you're shooting your projectile and you have magic. I mean, you do have that. But then, you know, there's another special attack. Like I know the warrior has where he kind of like swings his axe around like super fast. And, you know, it looked really awesome. My other item is, um, you know, I just got that Nightmare Busters from Super Fighter Team. And no, I'm sorry. I'm pathetic. I, I've just been listening to Oasis and haven't played it yet. But I did get an email from them that that they're they're kind of releasing some games that were originally developed for Mega Drive that never came out. So they're like finishing them up and they're releasing them for Genesis and Mega Drive. And there's two different games. One of them is like an overhead uh, shoot 'em up called magic girl where you're a magic girl you're kind of like flying through the air and shooting things and uh you know it's a shooter uh that looks pretty cool and then they have cascade which is a puzzle game and i didn't look too much into that but i i'm just really happy that super fighter team that there there are people like that that are still creating new games for our you know favorite systems that's awesome yeah i like to shout them out right now uh those games both i think they're about 40 dollars each in pre-order yeah and if you go to www.playcascade.com that's the like the direct link for just that game for example and you can order it now you know it probably won't be here for a year <laughs> it says it'll be shipping in 2015 but it's cool that they're doing it and you know they come with like it comes with the full uh, uh, genesis case and instruction manual and inserts i mean it looks legit so it's awesome john do you have any news for the reject report nothing that comes to mind at the moment no okay then let us begin the star trek segment star trek the final frontier 
This is the segment where we talk about Star Trek, boldly going where no retro gaming podcast has gone before. Yeah. Okay, so we've already <laughs> talked about... What? No, go ahead. He's just laughing at us. Just laughing. Oh. <laughs> Wait, can, can I just point out that this is the first time we've ever had a guest participate in the I Star know. Trek? And I'm okay. so psyched about this. Yes, and it's not just any guest. It's our good friend... John, it's awesome to be able to talk about this with him on the yes. show. So uh, let me give you a brief synopsis of Deep Space Nine. I feel like some people treat it as like the black sheep of Star Trek, but people that have watched it all the way through, there are a lot of people who rank DS9 as their favorite Star Trek show. So it's a little bit of a, an argument, but let me just give a, a synopsis of the show. It released in, it's, it launched in 1993, and it was actually running simultaneously with The Next Generation. So the first couple episodes, or the first episode, there was a bit of a crossover, and there was another episode a little deeper in where, where both casts sort of uh, you know, worked together. But I believe it, it started in the, f- I believe it was the fourth season of, uh, of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine launched, and they were running at the same time for a good three years. But the basic idea is uh, that there's this race called the Cardassians, which if you imagine Nazis that look like snake people, that's kind of what, what you're going for. And they ruled over a group, of, a planet called Bajor, and the Bajorans were treated a lot like uh, Jewish people were in the Holocaust, sort of um, worked and uh, mistreated and, and you know treated like like less than than uh, living things right and they were but, very religious yeah they're people. a very religious people and they kind of i think that they kind of turned to their religion more because of the oppression of the cardassians well eventually though the bajorans are able to um, overthrow their oppressors and they they kicked them out of the area and there was a space station that orbited bajor so that the cardassians the could keep an eye on them but when the Bajorans rose up, they kicked the Cardassians off the station, and they, the Bajorans called out for the Federation to sort of help them through their transition and kind of like watch over them in a sense, um, still maintaining their autonomy. But the space station then became co-owned, I guess you could say. There were representatives from Bajor and representatives from the Federation that, that kind of operated the station together. Well, about this time, it was also discovered that the station happened to be located by a wormhole that led to a quadrant of the galaxy called the Gamma Quadrant. And so in Star Trek world, the Gamma Quadrant was completely unknown. Like the Delta Quadrant had been mentioned a bit with the Borg in the next generation. But Gamma Quadrant was completely new. So it gave the writers a lot of uh, new things that they could do. So Gamma Quadrant had has a, a, a race, like a, a federation sort of thing of their own called the Dominion, which sort of had uh, tiers of, like there were the soldiers called the Jem'Hadar that were kind of mindless and, um, that, not mindless, but controlled by a drug called Ketracel White. And above them, there was a, another group, I forget what they're called, uh, it starts with the V, right? Uh, but they had like these sort yeah. of mental powers and then above them there were the founders which were like shapeshifters and so this three-tiered and the founders were treated like gods so this three-tiered structure ruled the gamma quadrant and now that a wormhole opened there was this opportunity for this uh, dominion to come over and mess with the politics of Mm. star trek world with the klingons and the romulans and the federation so it got very interesting and political and very layered um, yeah. In all of those ways. But then the station itself, the creators said they were basically trying to create the Wild West in outer space. So you have like a sheriff on the station 
who was the constable, Odo, the kind of crooked saloon guy, the, the Ferengi quark, right? So you have a lot of the typical things. If you, I never watched them, but my dad always watched those old westerns. And you even have like, like the, the mayor of the town has his son, like in all those old western shows. Well, guess what? You have Captain Sisko and his son like roaming around the station. So it had a different feel because they weren't on a ship exploring space. And I think it, it jarred a lot of Star Trek fans at first. But as people got into it, there's a lot of depth. They had the Defiant, though, right? I mean, they could move around and, you know, they yeah, took to the wormhole. Yeah, eventually they got the Defiant and they kind of explored a little bit more. And that's what I really love about the series is there's so many enemies. You got the Kardashians. You even had, like, the Cleons for a little while. Uh, you had, uh, you know, the Dominion. I love them. You know, and, like, episodes, like season six forward, like, pretty much every episode was, like, a continuation story arc. Like the cliffhanger every end and every episode was a cliffhanger. Like oh, I gotta watch the next one. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. All right, so what we're gonna do this time though is um, John picked three episodes that he really liked, and um, Vintage also picked three episodes. Instead of me talking about some episodes, I, I I just wanted to sort of share after each of you give an episode. I'm gonna talk about one thing that I think makes the series great. Um, two things actually that I think make the series really great, and then another thing that a lot of people don't really like about the series something that people generally hate so uh john are you, do you want to talk about one of the yeah. episodes yeah, yeah i'll start with uh let's do uh this is going to be the pilot episode for season four so episode one and two i believe i think there was a story arc but it's the way of the warrior it's episode one but the sniffings behind this couple of sniffings behind this particular episode was that uh wharf got to join the crew so for those who are familiar with Worf from next generation from this episode on to the next Three seasons, or four, five, six, seven, he was a regular cast of the crew, which is really cool. Rating stunt. Yeah, yeah and he, he's yeah. like one of the few guys. He's been in more Star Trek than pretty much anybody, and he's going to have his own show. No, he's Captain not. He okay, is not going. going to Sorry. have his own show. <laughs> that's, a, that's not happening. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, he, another huge significance is the Klingons withdrew from peace treaty from uh, the Federation, uh, and the Klingons invaded Kardashian. And conquered several other outer worlds. So there's a huge, you know, and, and Worf was kind of, at some point, at one point in the, the, this particular episode, Worf was threatening to leave the Federation. But Sis, Captain Sisko uh, basically convinced him to join uh, his crew uh, on Deep Space Nine. So I, I really like the story arc on this one. It had a lot of action. I have to be honest. Worf has never been really my favorite character. But I do think that at that moment, a lot changed for Deep Space Nine with him coming on and Cisco's new haircut and personality and the Defiant. Uh, I, well, seriously, though, I mean, I really think yeah, yeah. at that moment, and of course, Worf hooked up with the beautiful Jedzia Dax. Right, right. Yeah. Who Jed-Zia. was also some Jedzia. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, he said Kardashian. <laughs> that was wrong, too. Kardashian. It's Well, well, anyway, Dax, <laughs> Dax was hot. She was okay. And then they got rid of her last season, though. She, she, she. Yeah, got no, she became Ezri. Ezri. Do, do we know why that happened? Like, why the actress left the uh, it, show? No, it had nothing to do with the actress. It, it was about plot, and they they wanted to create this awkward thing with Worf and that character, just as a, a twist in the story. Uh, are you sure? Uh, they they interviewed the actress. I forget her name, but uh, she, who played um, Carrie Farrell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She they interviewed her, and she was upset that they killed her off. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I think that was a dumb move. I, I never liked that chick that replaced her. Well, ultimately, it was, and she was only in it for like one season. But I think that 
the idea of Worf having married her and now he can't be with her, but she's still there and still remembers. I mean, that could have been good. It, I just don't think it panned out. Yeah, it, I mean, it caused some conflict. and I mean, didn't they end up hooking up anyway? I don't no, know. She hooked up with the doctor. Oh, yeah. Didn't she hook up with the doctor in season seven? Like the doctor and her kind of were something, weren't they? And then knowing Worf, he probably like got on the ground and started growling and screaming. <laughs> I, it, so. it was an interesting dynamic. I'll give him that. All right, well... um. I'm going to actually uh, talk about the next episode that happened after that, um, season four, episode three. And this one is called The Visitor. The way this starts out is you see Jake Sisko as like an old man. Oh, yeah. And he's living, you know, he's mm-hmm. living in like Louisiana. And, uh, well, it's called The Visitor for a couple different reasons. Like, old jake gets a visitor he this this young girl kind of shows up at his door like in the middle of the night on like this rainy night and she's like an aspiring writer and so she's been searching for jake's cabin and she ends up finding him and you know apparently he only had published two books but she was like you know a total fan and she went there to try to talk to him and get advice and find out you know why did you stop writing your books um and so he starts retelling the story and it goes back to the present time quote unquote when they're on ds9 and they go out on this mission on the defiant and they go to see some kind of thing that is going to happen with the wormhole and it's like this rare event and they were there to kind of do a scientific study well, something goes wrong, of course, and there's a there's some kind of an energy surge, and it hits Benjamin Sisko and partially hits Jake, and so Sisko like disappears. You know, they think that he's just vaporized. They think that he's dead, and uh, they have like the memorial service, the whole nine yards, and then about a year later, he like reappears. And he reappears like a couple times. And like the first time Jake thinks it's a dream. But the second time he comes back, he actually sticks around for a little bit longer. And, you know, they take him into the sick bay and they do like the scan. And they figure out that as a result of the accident, he had been pulled into subspace. And when he goes into subspace, he has like no concept of time. And they they eventually figure out there's a pattern and that it's he's linked to Jake and they're able to calculate when he'll come back. And so Jake actually becomes obsessed over like rescuing his father to, to the point where he just pretty much stops writing and right. gets divorced and a whole yes. bunch of bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. So he loses his wife. He goes back to like school and he studies like whatever subspace mechanics or blah 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 and so he eventually figures out how to save his father and so at the very end ben cisco appears and i don't want to ruin it but it's a very kind of a touching moment between like the father and the son and you know cisco's like his same age and so he's actually younger than his son at this point um, and so it ends up, you know, everything gets resolved and goes back to the beginning and Jake was successful in his experiment. But Cisco 
still retains all the memories of you know all those different time jumps yeah awesome well, it, it was almost like a rubber band effect like exactly you know, he, he was he was they were connected through that event and so no matter where jake went cisco would would show up yep. uh you know at wow. random times so it was a very touching ending like you said like i remember actually shedding a tear at the end like it was really emotional yeah, at the end, um, what happened, and for uh, for Captain Cisco to see that and experience that, and then remember that, you know. Yep. But like you mm-hmm. said, all kind of resolved in the end. It was really, I mean, the re- whoever wrote that story was just, I think, it was brilliant. Really yeah, well- re- very good, very uh, original concept. Yeah. Um, and anything having to do with like time travel, I'm a sucker for it. In fact, all three of my choices <laughs> have some kind of temporal anomaly involved. I noticed, I noticed that. You had like, I noticed the three ones you Okay, picked. okay, all right, good. Yeah, <laughs> time travel. Time yeah, travel. Time travel is always great. Even when I picked up the time travel deal too, because it's yep, just Yep, different. yep. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. All right, so, Chris, uh yeah, go so, with your love hate thing. So I want to talk about one thing that I think <laughs> sets this show apart all the secondary characters yeah because it's yeah it's based on a station and it's it's a little it's different i mean the the main guy i think that everyone probably thinks of as the secondary character is garrick and i think i spelled it wrong here but but garrick is a cardassian who he's a tailor or is he yeah but he's a tailor and he (laughs) he lives on the station is he a spy i don't know he just always says that can i hem your trousers you know (laughs) he's always talking about you know making alterations in your vest but secretly you're wondering all the time is he like really a cardassian spy because you know like i said in the intro to the segment the cardassians were basically ousted from the station but it's still a living breathing almost like a giant shopping mall with the people that live on the station, they need to have like place to, places to eat. And they need to have places to go to get their trousers hemmed, I guess. You know? right. I, mean, well, I don't get this because don't they have replicators that can I know. close like, uh, yeah, exactly true. to your specifications? I don't understand this. Well, maybe it's like a retro store. Yeah, we can get digital downloads, but it's still cooler to have the physical copy. Maybe people, uh, people just like Garrick you know, hemming their trousers. Okay, I'll but, look for that. But he always <laughs> says it tongue in cheek, and so for a lot of the time, you you really are not always sure. Is he just? He's like, what do I know? I'm just a simple tailor. And he but, always he always seems to know what's going on. But he does seem to know yeah. what's going on, and yeah. just as time goes by, the complexity of his character and the importance of his character, he he's so awesome. He honestly is probably my favorite character in the whole show, and he's not even a main cast member. But he, he's awesome. And then there's other ones like like the Cardassian that used to lo- uh, rule the station, uh, Gold Ducat, right? Right. And then there's this one guy who never says a word, and he's in, I, I believe he's in every episode. Mourn. Mourn. And he's just <laughs> oh, sitting yeah, at yeah. the bar. He's just yeah. really weird-looking alien. Poor guy had to get all that makeup on to be in every episode, and he never says, wait, does he say a word at the end? I'm not sure if he says, like, one thing or, or not, but... He's just he's in every show. It's cool. I like Nog personally. I like see his growth. He's a nephew <laughs> yeah. of Rom, and uh, he's a Ferengi. He befriends Jake, and they kind of grow up together. And, uh, and he, beca- just... he becomes the first Ferengi in Starfleet. Yeah. So to see his growth from you know the little kid to becoming Starfleet. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, and interestingly, that same actor he was also in a Voyager episode, and he played one of the Kazon. Uh, who gets caught in a cave with Chakotay, and this case uh. is supposed to kill Chakotay. All right, so back to you, John. All right, so uh, the story, the next one is actually, we were talking about time travel. This is one, this is called Little Green Men. 
This is season four, episode eight. And the plot, basically, you talk about Ferengis. So Quark and uh, his, Rom, his brother, uh, and Rom's nephew, Nog, are on Earth. And they basically go, uh, I forget what happens exactly, but they go back in time. They get in a temporal rift, and they go back to 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, they, they, the whole premise is like, you know, the, the whole alien spacecraft was crash, right? And I think Odo uh, comes aboard, if I recall, he, he kind of stows aboard on this ship. And long story short, if I remember it, because it's been a while since I've seen this particular episode, but they have to harness energy from an atomic bomb to, like, basically bring this rift open again. Mm-hmm. So so they, they basically work together doing that. Uh, it wasn't like a story to really add much to the other big story picture. It was just kind of one of those fun episodes that... You know, going back to to 1947 and and yeah. Roswell, New Mexico, I, I thought that was kind of clever, so I enjoy that reason. I, I'm, you know, John, I meant to go back. I've seen all the ones that you've mentioned. Right. I, I meant to sit down and watch them all, but I just didn't have enough time. Yeah, I was the same way. I actually watched your three, and, I, and then mine, I didn't. Oh, you did? Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's wow. Been, it's been about gosh, maybe eight years since I've watched all every single yeah. episode. It's been a while, but I've seen every episode. That's a good series. So for my next one, um, I'm going to go back to season three, episode 17, and this is one called Visionary. And uh, this one kind of surrounds my favorite character from DS9, which is O'Brien, which I think is kind of a cop out because he's kind of a TNG guy. You know, like, uh, you know, they brought him in. I I think I think when they were doing DS9, I think they were kind of like, you know, is this really going to work? Maybe we should like find a character that we can bring over that people know. And they they picked, you know, Chief O'Brien, who I who I love from Next Generation. Really? You really? I did. From Next Generation? I mean, he doesn't have a pretty small role. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? No, he, he had a couple episodes that he actually, you know, there was the one. Remember, there was this rogue captain who like went off and was like trying to like kill a bunch of Cardassians Uh and like O'Brien had served with them before. So like Picard kind of goes to him and is like, you know, you know, this guy like Ben Maxwell was his name. He's like, how does this guy think we need your help? And, you know, so it it ended up like where, you know, O'Brien had a pretty major role to the point in the end of the episode, they actually figured out how to beam him over to this other ship. And he kind of talks the guy off the ledge. You remember that? I do remember that episode. And they were, yeah. and they were in there together and they were talking. They were singing like these old like Irish drinking songs and <laughs> stuff like that. The minstrel boy to the war has gone. In the ranks of death he will find him. His father's sword he hath girded on, and his wild heart slumbly behind him. Land of song, said the warrior bard, though all the world betrays thee. One sword. At least thy rights shall guard One faithful harp shall praise thee And so I thought it was pretty good And there were a couple other ones I, Off the top of my head I can't remember But you know he was pretty pivotal in some of them But I, I love that they brought him over 
and I love the the O'Brien episodes. And this one is my favorite one. And so it kind of starts off where he's working. He was always working on the uh, space station, right? Because like the kind of the running gag is that you know DS Nine is like this big piece of junk. Right. And it's a Cardassian station. Right. It's a Cardassian technology. And so it's always falling apart. It's super old. O'Brien's a guy that like keeps it all together. He kind of is like the chief engineer of this of the station. So he's working on something and he gets like hit with this radiation or whatever. And it kind of like knocks him out. They take him to sick bay and he's okay and blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden he like jumps forward in time, like five hours and he like sees himself outside of like Quark's bar. And there's like this fight and there's like these Klingons and there's these Romulans that are visiting the station. And there's this whole subplot going on between those two. And the Romulans are there because they had this deal with the Federation where they were going to give them a cloaking device to use in the Defiant so that they could go through the wormhole and do like recon missions on the Dominion. So they had this whole arrangement and the Romulans show up and they're like questioning. They're trying to get information about the Dominion. They're like questioning everybody. And so meanwhile, like O'Brien keeps time shifting into the future and he sees himself get killed. Like one time he gets killed by like this booby trapped panel And so they have to go back and try to figure out like how that happened and prevent that from happening. And so they prevent that. And then the next time he goes back, he has, he shows up in sickbay and he's like dead on the table and he's like looking at himself. And then, you know, Julian walks and he's like, Oh, I'm glad you're here. You know, you need to go back and tell, you know, the past me to run such and such scan. And, uh, (laughs) and they have this funny, like, dialogue where they're like arguing he's like why didn't you save me and he's like i tried you know so then one of the later jumps is he goes back and he sees like the station under attack or something and everybody's evacuating the station and he sees ds9 like explode and he sees the wormhole like collapse and so he goes back and he's like we have a huge problem and uh, they, they figure out how they can kind of control the time jumping and it has something to do with the singularity that's orbiting the station. They ended up figuring out like what's causing the singularity and they ended up preventing the destruction of DS9. But uh, all the way through, I think of, of my three that I'm listing here, this is probably my favorite episode. I think it was just perfectly executed you know it has the time travel it has that relationship between o'brien and bashir you know is something Mm -hmm. that i thought really worked well throughout the entire series interesting trivia fact about this particular episode Mm -hmm. uh there's a part in this episode that o'brien installs a dartboard in quirks yep i remember that yep and that actually stayed in quirks bar the rest of the series yeah that, that that's funny because um O'Brien is trying to teach Quark how to play darts and Quark just takes all three darts and he just chucks them all at the same time. And one of them actually hits Morn like yeah, in, the, in the shoulder. That's a good episode. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. All right, Chris. 
Well, that reminded me of an, uh, another thing I love. But, you know, John kind of mentioned the serialized nature of Deep Space Nine. Uh, in the past, Star Trek was always single episodes that could play on their own. And that's how uh, the networks wanted it because they wanted it to be good in syndication for reruns. But as we know today, almost any show that's worth watching is serialized, where every episode, you don't want to stop. You have to watch the next one. And uh, Deep Space Nine was the first Star Trek that was given um, the freedom to do that. And so they made 10, at first it was sort of like 10 episode arcs, where uh, it, it was a cliffhanger every time, and you wanted to watch the next one. And that was brilliant. And to, for, for Star Trek to have that was awesome. But the thing that uh, Vintage just reminded me of is the camaraderie between Chief O'Brien and Dr. Bashir. Uh, it is the first, like, like it's a, a really strong friendship. Like, right. when Dr. Bashir doesn't get to see O'Brien for a while, he gets all sad and mopey. <laughs> it's kind of it's weird, but it's funny. You can watch YouTube videos where they kind of piece together and they'll yeah. put, like, silly friendship songs uh, over clips of them being friends. Yeah. But their episodes, I have to agree with you. O'Brien, as a main cast member, he's my favorite, too. Yeah. Uh, he's just the everyman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you know people can identify with him, right? But his episodes just tend to be really well written, and you know I think he's a, a very good actor. Yep, like mm-hmm. not at all who I expected him to be when yep. he was on Next Generation. Maybe right. they noticed it when he was on Next Generation. Like, dude, this guy should not just be in the transporter room. He's dude, way too right. good pushing yeah, buttons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to you, John. What was your third? Right, episode? So my, my third and final episode uh, is called Trials and Tribulations, and this is season five, episode six. This is kind of a follow up to the original Star Trek. If you guys are fans of that, called Troubles and Tribbles, yep. which and uh, really really popular episode. Tribbles are those kind of furry small things that just reproduce like crazy, and this is cool because another time rift. They be- uh, basically they're in the Defiant. They go back. In time, um, what's really cool about this particular episode is they brought back the actor Charlie Brill, who is Arnie in the show, and he was the original guy um, who was the original Troubles with Tribbles, but he's older now. Um, and he ends up being um, a Romulan, or not a Romulan, he ends up being a uh, Klingon spy. But he had like, I guess, he looks like human, basically. Mm. So so they go back, and uh, it's cool because you get the, the DS9 crew, you got Captain Sisko, you got Dr. Bashir, uh, O'Brien, all them are at, basically at the station uh, back in the original episode era. And there's, there's they, what they do is they, they do a really good job editing it together where it looks like he's in, they're interacting with the original crew of, of you know, Star Trek, right. which is really cool. Um, and w- one thing, there's a funny particular uh, scene I, m- I recall is that they're at, like in the cafeteria having lunch or whatever. And and there's, you know, uh, uh, Worf is there, but he's got his head wrapped to kind of cover his his uh, his forehead, you know. Oh yeah. But, but you know, they're they're talking about uh, Klingons, and <laughs> back then the Klingons looked pretty much like humans because they didn't have like the makeup like they had now. And and like they're asking uh, Worf about it. They're like, Worf, what's what's the deal? Why why are they? you know? He's like, it's a long long story, or he's like. <laughs> It's it's a dark time in Klingon Empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of is like, don't, don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't bring that up. We don't talk about that. It was funny, you know. And it's yeah. a, it's a really well written story. Uh, it's yeah. a, definitely a, a love letter to the original Star Trek series. Yeah. I feel. Um, and then the fact that they brought the one of the original actors back and they tied it all kind of together and and they they kind of spliced certain scenes from Troubles with Troubles to this one. 
like there's a scene where Captain Kirk is basically like all these triples are falling from like this little area, you know? And then they cut back to the other scene where they're looking for basically there's like a bomb inside this this tribble and they have to find this this bomb, otherwise it's gonna blow up the station. And they're throwing these tribbles out this bay and it's hitting Captain Kirk, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny. So the uh so they have to kind of find this thing. So there's kind of a story there where they're finding it's not just, you know, a love letter, but it's a really good episode. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. My favorite thing about that episode is when Dax uh, dresses up in the uh, the mini skirt. You okay. I was thinking that too, man. <laughs> you already know I got a thing for Terry Farrell. Yeah, it's, it's rid of her spots. You know, like they laser her spots away. Right. So she's oh, right. Okay, so for my last one, uh, this is season five, episode twenty-two, called "Children of Time." And so in this episode, the Defiant is on like a recon mission in the Gamma Quadrant and they fly by this planet that has some weird distortion around it or something like that. And so Dax being, you know, the science officer, she's all excited and she's like, oh, we should go check it out. And everybody's kind of like, no, you know, we're tired. We want to go back. And so Cisco eventually just gives in. He's like, all right, we'll go check it out. There's like people on the planet and they're kind of like, well, that's weird, you know, that there's like this colony down there. And so they go, they fly through the interference and they end up like getting jacked up a little bit. And, you know, Kira gets hit with this energy thing and it like messes up her brain cells or whatever. And so they find out that she's going to die, like if they don't get back to the station, but the ship is all busted up. So they have to repair it. Well, in the meantime, they like beam down to this colony and there's all these people there that say that they are the descendants of the defiant crew. Like the great, 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 oh, great yeah. kids. Right, 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 right. And they're like, because what? I remember like the opening art part of the story, like they, they have him on screen and like, yes. hey, you know, hey, Cisco, we're going to make your favorite tea. And they know all about him. And like, he's like, what? You know, how do you know about, you know, they're like wondering how right. you know about me? They say, yeah, we've been expecting you and blah, blah, blah. And so when they go down there and they end up telling them like, well, what happened is you fix the Defiant and you try to go back through this energy field and it ends up sending you back 200 years in the past and the Defiant crashes on the planet. And then, you know, the survivors, there's like 48 or 49 Mm -hmm. people that survive you guys end up building this colony and you know we are what it becomes 200 years later and i think there's awesome. like 8000 people at that point basically incest <laughs> well, i don't know i don't know how they did that i mean with 48 people but yeah uh so so they're like okay well that's great and everything but you know we really want to get back to deep space nine. And um, if we leave here and we don't crash, then you guys aren't going to exist anymore. And they're like, well, we've already thought of that. And they start talking about, you know, techno babble and how, uh, if you fly to this specific part of the, of the distortion, it'll create like a duplicate of the defiant and like, you know, one of you will go back to the station and the other will crash and then we'll still be able to have our timeline. You know, they're like, okay, and I guess that makes sense. And so they start getting ready to do that. Well, Dax figures out that it's all BS and yeah. that, that the, the 
you know, the older version of her who's like in a guy now. Like, so the trill is in this guy. So they end up confronting him and he basically owns up to, he's like, yeah, you know, I fudged the numbers and I did it because, you know, otherwise we're not going to exist. And there's this whole like thing where they're kind of like debating, you know, like the crew is debating, like, what do we do? You know, if, if we leave this planet, then they're not going to exist. Um, and, you know, at first everybody's like, no. And then little by little, they, they're hanging out with the people. And so they decide they're going to go ahead and, and do it. And, and they're going to purposely crash 200 years in the past. Another part of the story is that Odo is there um, and he's like 200 years older and he's like, he looks more human. Like he learned how to like shape shift better. And which I never, hold on, I got to stop there. Yeah. 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 He can turn into a freaking eagle and looks just like an eagle, but he can't make it. The human face is hard to make. What? (laughs) (laughs) He's He's like a dog to modern art sometimes. Like these weird twisty pipes. And he can't make a face. His hand looks fine. Yeah, I think that's pretty weak considering like the other founders. Like later on, they can like perfectly emulate like, you know, Starfleet officers. Yeah, but the other founders also look just like him. Where they have his flat noses and stuff. Yeah, th- there's there's definitely a little bit of a plot hole there. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Uh, but anyway, so he, he's there and uh, there's this whole thing where he, you know... It, he tells Kira that he loves her and blah, 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 blah. And so of you, yeah, what, what ends up happening is he like goes in at the last minute. He like the old or yeah, the future Odo. I don't know the, the new Odo. (laughs) He ends up like reprogramming the ship so that it, it actually does escape and um, all the people disappear like the 8,000 people are just gone and they find out that, you know, old o- or whatever alternate Odo is the one that did it because he wanted to save Kira. Yeah. There, and, there, yeah. A couple, a couple things I just want to kind of um, just reiterate real quick. Cause I think something, some, some things you missed a little bit. Okay. Um, Odo uh, was he, the older Odo uh, is a lot more the, you know, the older, the newer older, I'm confusing. Okay. <laughs> The Odo is shy, usually shy, right? Odo is very shy. He has a thing for Kira, right? The Odo, who is 200 years in the future, Odo, he is a lot more open. He's had time to realize that he loves Kira, right. that he, you know, so he's super excited to see her. And that's really why he wanted to save her because of his love for her. So, and he, and it's a huge thing because he's come out and told her, I love you. And he's like, my, the Odo, current Odo, who's still waiting for you up there, loves you. He's just, let it give him time to grow and adapt, right. you know? So that was a huge thing. Another thing, uh, Klingons, there's a bunch of Klingons that are descendants from Worf yeah. who have co- made uh, basically a, a group. Yeah. They've kind of kept his, the way of the warrior, so to speak, they've kept his traditions and, you know, some of them even look human, you know, but it's mm-hmm. just all about the, the, the traits of, you know, the honor and stuff. So once they find out that they're going to die, cause there's a point where, you know, Captain Cisco is pretty much saying, "No, we got to save Kira. If we don't do that, you know, she's going to die." Yeah, so especially like, "Screw you guys, we're people, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to save her. So once they find out that they're going to die, they're like, they ask Worf to kill him, like kill them out of honor, like kill us. Right. And so there's a really cool scene where they're like, they're like asking Worf, "Can you kill us because we want to die of honor and whatever?" And he's like, "Give me till tomorrow," which I I don't know why, whatever. But he's like, "Give me till tomorrow." 
And uh, they end up planting whatever uh, fruits and whatever plants and stuff, and they kind of right. keep their mind off of things. But it's a really well done episode. And mm. you know, I know uh, at the end of the episode, and that's really you know, spoiler alert. But you mentioned that the defiant, you know, that the future Odo changed the course and so basically saved the crew and saved Kira. Yep. At the very end, the the current Odo basically goes in and tells Kira at the end, he's like, hey, I looked at the logs and it turns out that Odo came on board and did this. And she's upset about it. Like, she's like, why? Yeah. And she's pissed, you know? So it's kind of interesting. It's a great, great episode overall. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is something that I, you know, I think a lot of Star Trek fans don't really like. And that is... The Ferengi species. Do you think I'm correct? Dude, you're, saying you're racist, dude. You're racist. Well, maybe I just don't got the lobes <laughs> for the Ferengi. When they were launched on Next Generation, if you go back and watch the first episode where it's like the Ferengi, they don't show them for like the entire thing until the very end. And they got these weird like laser whips and stuff. Right, and they're like they're kind of like animals, actually. Yeah, well, they're they're building them up this whole episode like it's this new, it's this like dreaded new species. Like, oh my gosh, we, we've heard about the Ferengi, but you know we don't want to meet them. And then they finally meet them, and they're like jumping around like apes and swinging their swords, and they're like laughing a lot, and they're weird. <laughs> They look the same, but they're not the same. And one of those original Ferengis actually uh, is Quark. He, they bring him back. Armin Shermerman or whatever his name is. They bring him back to play Quark. But the Ferengi quickly becomes sort of like the joke of Star Trek. It's, they're, they're, they act stupid. It's always like tongue-in-cheek. Their whole government is based on money and the rules of acquisition. And like they have all these strange like boards of Ferengi commerce authority and... Uh, everything's like gold pressed latinum that they wager in and like their life is measured and every everywhere if you go to their planet everywhere you go you have to pay little strips of gold pressed latinum yeah. um their heaven is the grand treasury you know it's like mm-hmm. all about money and it's just weird and anyway there's several episodes where the grand negus who's played by the same guy who plays Vizini in uh princess bride you know like, <laughs> yeah. it's just so imbecilic and it, it makes me sad. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Chris. But here, here's the thing about Star Trek, though, which I think they, they do brilliantly, is they take aliens and they make their, their traits extreme traits of human personality, oh, I, right? Absolutely. So, so, for example, you have the Klingons who are honor. You know, honor is all about, you know, you got the Vulcans who are, you know, logical, right? And you have the Frankie who are greedy. So I think they just kind of take that extreme greed uh, to the point it does get kind of crazy and i'm, I'm not a I fan just, of, yeah yeah they, they just went too far and kind of really weird with the ferengi i mean yeah. it's one thing to make them greedy but they're like greedy and gross they're they're hideous <laughs> that's, that's why i like nog i think because he's a little different he's right. smart I he's smart you know he's not like yeah he's a good kid and quark yeah. has his moments too where he he's like a smart ferengi he looks at his brother like battling idiot um, even though he turns out to be smart in some cases, and he ends up with the hot chick at the you know from the tables, the or, Dabo girl, yeah, and the Dabo, Dabo girl. Yeah. She was a babe. Yeah, she was. But um, man, when Grand Negus Zek would show up, and he's like, like you have to play. Like, I can't even do his. his like, <laughs> it's, That's pretty good. Other than gold press latinum, you know, he's just yeah, shut, up. shut up. Rub my lobe. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they get like yeah, they get off on the lobes. It's funny, yeah, their ears. Uh, yeah, that's their erogenous I, zone. I dressed up like a Frankie for Halloween one year. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you have a picture of that? Oh. I don't know. I might have somewhere, but I had the oh, ear. Oh my gosh! picture, and please send it to me. <laughs> that would be the most awesome thumbnail in the world. Yes, yes. You got to get that. Great the eighty-first rule of acquisition. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, I'm just curious, and you know, Chris and I have kind of talked about how we would rank all the series. You mm. know, like from like favorite to least favorite. So, what would be your ranking, and where would DS9 kind of yeah. fit? Yeah, that's, that's tough because I like pros and cons for all series, right? They're all different. They're sure. Like, so, honestly, favorite series probably DS9. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's closely followed by TNG. And then I would go uh, Star Trek, the original series, TOS. Mm-hmm. And then I would go Voyager, and then I'd go Enterprise. Okay. Interesting. Why would you do that? Like, why would you put the. <laughs> why would you do that, John? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never really. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that it's their favorite. Oh, I hear it all the it's time. DS9 is yeah. different. Like we talked about before, it's different. Yeah. You got a lot of secondary characters. You know, I like the long story arcs like we talked about. We pretty much touched base on, on the good points about it. Now, um, I just I really was not a fan of the whole dude, Dominion War, like the, the especially the last two seasons. Like, oh, that's my favorite. I that's, just that's was hard. like, you know, it just the whole thing bothered me. It's so many enemies, and then you know you got the Kardashians who are just really deceitful, and she's a bitch, and she's rich, and she lives in L.A. and <laughs> <laughs> and they have that weird alien stepfather too with the stretched out face <laughs> the Jenner <laughs> the Jenner he's addicted to some catch yourself himself. Yeah, it looks like, kind of looks like a Kardashian a little bit <laughs> the neck and stuff oh. <laughs> that's horrible yeah. anyway um yeah, T- <laughs> TNG is actually what my very first show I got into was was Next Generation, um, and then the, the original series is, is classic. It's the original series, right? It's just you know I've seen every episode. Which have you guys seen um, that new show, Star Trek? Um, this is the one you told me about at Aaron's, right? I, I sent it to Vintage. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. They have like one or two episodes up. On, it's a web series. Yeah, StarTrekContinues.com. It's okay. Really well done. Um, I haven't seen it, but I'll check it out. Yeah, I haven't either yet. You guys will thoroughly enjoy it. And it's all like fan made, right? Like, is it like their own money? And I mean, nobody's really behind this, right? They did. Um, they did a Kickstarter for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it is it is fan made and uh, it really well done. And another good one is Star Trek of Gods. And men, I don't know if you guys seen that or not. Well. Have you guys heard about it? it sounds no. familiar. It's it's a fan project, but what's cool about this one? It, it's actually um, br- brings back a lot of the actors. So uh, oh, wow. Michelle Nichols, uh, Walter Chekhov is uh, in it. Yeah, it's yeah. got Chase Masterson. It's got um, uh, Tuvok. Oh. Tuvok actually directs it, and I think he helped write it. Okay. But, um, and it brings back <laughs> uh, Henry Kim, whatever from uh, Voyager, and but uh, they even Jake Sisko comes back, but they play different roles. Okay. Uh, okay. But it's really well done. It's, it's a fan. It's a fan thing, and it, it's taking place in the original series. It's really well done. I recommend it as well. So. Yeah. Oh it's, wow! It's Harry Kim. Harry Kim. <laughs> Harry Kim. Yeah, Harry Kim. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry. <laughs> Voyager was okay. It just wasn't. I don't know. 
Now, did you? Okay, all right. Was be, it like be careful, be careful, John. Yeah, because like Voyager is really big for me. Like, I, that's <laughs> that's, like, that's our number two. That's our number. Two. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, I I've said before, like the original series. I actually watched that before Next Generation, um, and I really have a special place for the original series. But it's so different; it almost feels like a different show. I mean, it's. I mean, it is a different show, but it doesn't even feel the, all the other main ones were all back to back within a 14 year period. And that one was so much earlier that to me, the original series is just about the philosophy. Yeah. It's all about philosophy. And that's where, like you were saying, the, the subtypes of humans like honor and duty and whatnot. That's right. where I think they really solidified that idea. Just the early. That's all that they were is is um, blown up human traits. That's all the other races were. Yeah, but um, I like seven and nine. Seven and nine was good. I like once they brought her on. I would, that sure definitely you helps. Do. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I, I thought Tom Paris was a character that I really didn't connect to. Um, I just didn't feel like he added to the show. Yeah, like, I feel like I feel like you could have taken him away from any episode, and this the series would have been the same. He was kind of weak. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, initially when they brought him in, I mean, now we're kind of. Branching into Voyager. Uh oh, did we lose somebody? I think we lost Chris. Uh oh. Yeah, we did. Hold on, let me get him back. He ske- we upset him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talked bad about Voyager. Come on, stupid free Skype program. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Okay, all right, you're back. I don't yeah, know. Like, like you, you just oh. dropped off the call. <laughs> okay. Uh, why don't we? Um, I think we've sufficiently covered the Trek stuff. Yeah. What, before we get, what was your what's your ranking of series though? Just before we go on. Oh, oh mine. You said Voyager's number. You said Voyager's number two. What's what's, okay. what's the rest? So here's mine, and, and Chris usually agrees with me on this. Uh, <laughs> so number one, TNG, Voyager. Okay. Uh, the original series, DS9, Enterprise. Okay. That's basically where I'm at. Yeah, Chris has commitment issues. He do- he doesn't want to be locked in. He no, does- I... he doesn't want to have a position. The thing is, when you have that many episodes, like you know, 170 per series, it's uh, there yeah. are so many ups and downs. There are episodes on, of all on. of those series I totally, totally love, and others that are crap. Have an opinion, man. You can take a defiant and just ram it up your <laughs> ramming speed Vito tube. Ramming speed. All right. Anyways, rumors okay. that they might be developing CBS might be working on a new Star Trek series. Yeah, we've talked about that many times, and he doesn't like what what the rumor is, but it's called Captain Worf, and I'm not joking. It'll be called not Star me. Trek. Captain. Okay, so uh, the source <laughs> the source I'm reading here, just real quick, it says the first. There's two series that they're thinking about working on. The first one. Is a show. It's a police procedural based in the Star Trek universe. Uh, working title is Starfleet Investigative Section, okay. uh, or SFIS, which oh. premises basically it's uh, sci-fi, CSI, or NCIS. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> in st- okay. The next one is the show Star Trek. Uh, take a, let's see on a medical rescue drama theme with working title of Star Trek Pierce is unknown based on the outline for the name Pierce is in honor of the Fire engine manufacturer of the U.S. Navy. Okay, so there's like a medical one, and there's 
Oh my yeah. god! You know they're also working on a third one where where there's a a, a member of Starfleet who's secretly creating crystal meth. <laughs> it seems like all these other ideas. Uh, it's like they're just taking other popular shows and yes. like, what about a serial killer in the Star Trek world who keeps it a secret? You know? Here's an idea. Why don't, we, why don't we take a? Why don't we do something in the future, like beyond everything? Let's just go another three hundred years in the future and do something like in the twenty seventh century. You know, all new crew, totally unknown. Have them explore like a different galaxy. But they could get Michael Dorn to play his great, 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 great grandson, Dorf. <laughs> Dorf. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I just wanted to, first of all, thank you, John, for coming on the show. I mean, those of us who know you, uh, you are exactly who you portray. You're not a phony. You're an awesome guy. And anyone who gets to know you is uh, blessed to know you. And, thank uh, you. Thank you. So I want to thank you for being on our show and just thank you for being the friend that you are. And I, I want to just give you a chance to to plug any of your social media or your website or anything else that you want to, to mention uh, if you want to do that. Yeah. Well, I again, I appreciate you guys, you know, let me talk and, and be a guest in the show. Hopefully sometime in the future I can we can do it again. Um, but uh, it's, it's awesome, you know, continue you guys good friends and all. And who would have thought when we started all this, you know, so back in the day I would have met some awesome people like you guys. So I appreciate it. Um, first plugs go, uh, man, uh, I'll start with the obvious game straight one on YouTube. Just, just Google search it game straight one. I'm sure you'll find me on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my website, game one.com. Um, what else I got? I'm a star Wars fan. I know we talked a little bit about star Wars this episode. So star Wars, not 77 on YouTube to do some star Wars reviews. Um, nostalgia holic is another thing. A show of mine. I, I review, uh, stuff from the eighties and nineties. Well, again, I want to say thank you to John and want to tell you that I love you, man. So glad to have you as a friend. Likewise. And, uh, hope to see you, you know, in Portland if that works out. Uh, always look forward to that. So, yes, thanks for coming on the show. And just want to remind the listeners to go and subscribe to our Retro Rejects YouTube and Twitter accounts. Uh, be sure to leave comments on the episode trailer for episode 12. Let us know what you think. Tell us about your favorite DS9 episodes, etc., etc. And also go to iTunes, and when you're downloading the next episode, please give us a rating, and also on Stitcher, rate us. Our next episode is our one-year anniversary episode. Awesome. So we're probably oh, we- not going to do anything special. I don't know. Actually, who knows what we're going to do? <laughs> Maybe we'll do flashbacks and talk about how we've grown. Nah. <laughs> That'll be boring. I thought we could talk about the PS3. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's I'll, lots yeah. lots to talk about. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. Absolutely, man. Uh, have a safe trip back home and uh, best to you and your family, man. Thank you, guys. Well, it went by quick. Three hours went by really quick. So appreciate you guys. Thank you. Guys, take care. All right, you too, man. All right, bye. Good night, guys. Let's see. What's up? Mr. 81. How are you guys doing? Good. We can. You you sound very loud. Your levels are very high. Hold on. Let Let me know if it gets better. Is that better? Better, better, better. That is better. That is better. Yeah, it was so loud it was chopping out. 
It was uh, the gain was too high. My bad. So were you like eating the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> awesome. I hope you're recording already. <laughs> I am. I'm always recording. <laughs> like every every phone call we have, Chris, I record. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, that's <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Blackmail. John, how are you, man? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Awesome. So how's Arizona? It, it, it's good. You know, right now I'm actually in Sacramento. I'm, I'm here for work. So. Oh, okay. Oh, You're back yeah. on the road. Back on the road. Kind of stinks. So but you're on Chris time. I'm on Chris time. Yeah. yeah. 34. Good. Hey, Chris, did you feel the earthquake this morning? No. When? You heard about, you heard about the earthquake this morning, no. right? No. No? Four, four points something on the road. How do you know about it? <laughs> it's like national news, man. Yeah. Oh, it's like Twitter's right, blowing up and like Facebook's blowing up. It's everywhere. Oh, I don't look at any of that crap, he man. He lives I... in a hole. He lives in a whole box. He really they, they're calling it the Shamrock Shake. No. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a menu item at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, it's a McDonald's Shamrock Shake, man. Oh, oh is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, no, it's like 4.4. I guess nothing major, but it's an LA area. Yeah. Okay. And what, what episode is this? This is episode 12. Yes. Is this our one-year episode? No, the next one will be one year. Oh, congratulations, guys. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Why, how is it not one year if it's 12? Because this is the 12th month. We have the 13th month would be the first Are, year. Aren't there 12 months in a year? Uh-huh. But like if we started in April, we'd have to wait till April for it to be a year. Okay. All right. And we started in April. Okay. That makes sense to me. All right, here we go. 